sit back and get ready to have the most fun you ever had with an electronic device. The good news is the shelves are still here with their myriad of items. Yeah. I don't, what, what did we decide we were going to do? I was just going to name random objects and see if you actually see had, if I had, had it. Yeah, we do have to do a rope show. The 2112 kimono hour. <laughs> uh, Mustaches and kimono. All right, everybody, welcome out to the Logger Room. It is Wednesday. March 31st, the last day of March of this year, 2021. Jersey Johnny coming at you with me, as always, is none other than Mr. Radio Pete and Mr. Harry Lugnuts. Say hello, gentlemen. Hello, gentlemen. Hello, gentlemen. Where the and hell are gentle gentlemen? ladies, I'm whoever gentle you lady. are. Gentle, gentle, gender neutral. Gentle people. Gender gentle. Gender That's, gentle. There you go. I was... Uh, my son went over to a friend's house uh, yesterday, and uh, we asked him what they were doing, and they played some video games and um, whatever else, and they played Manhunt. Manhunt. So, of course, I looked at him, and I went, Manhunt? And he person went, hunt. Uh, non-gender specific person hunt. <laughs> non-gender specific person hunt. <laughs> and I went, uh, that's better. There so you go. We came up with a Human Hunt, which is human my hunt. favorite. Let's go. Let's play Human Hunt. Yeah, person and, Hunt. Uh, and Person Hunt or Thing Hunt. Thing Hunt. Per, yeah, person, the human, hunt, human Hunt lives out, leaves out all animals and aliens. How about I'm going to hunt you, sucker? You can do that one. Sure that's offensive to somebody. <laughs> uh, yeah, who's someone, that someone who sucks. Oh, there you go. <laughs> sucker. They feel, yeah, exactly. They feel singled so, out. Anybody somewhere. that, hey, I suck. I, I am offended by that. I, uh, it triggered me. Anyway, um, so, uh, screeching halt. How the hell are you today? Sports, huh? Sports. <laughs> sports time. Sports ball. Let's talk. Sports yeah. ball. It is sports ball. It is time for sports ball. Um, well, we're going to talk about what is tomorrow? Tomorrow is a certain day. It's, uh, it's opening day. It, opening it's opening day. day. Major League it's, Baseball. It's opening day of Major League Baseball. It's also it's April, April Fool's Day and Holy Thursday if you're Catholic. Um, but it is, uh, it is major league baseball opening day. It major league baseball. It's my, uh, it's my birthday too. It's the, uh, is it's it? Your... Happy birthday. Yeah. Thank you. Holy Thursday. Isn't that a Dio song? Uh, holy, holy Thursday. Holy. <laughs> holy. <laughs> you come before Holy Friday and two days before Easter. <laughs> holy Thursday. Yeah. That's a Dio song. Anyway, um, so what did we what what did we decide last week? Or uh, well, we decided. I know, last I, know week, I said that the door was not going to, and uh, I didn't think he was going to sign. I said he was going to sign. Porto was not going to sign. I said he was going to sign by today. Now, so, so for me to be right, official... he's got four hours and ten minutes left to sign. So all right, so it's up until midnight, right? That's I, I would just today is well. It depends. You know, here's the here's the catch though. What if he signs at two in the morning? Uh, it's it's midnight by Harry. Right. Or, I don't. You know. Uh, I don't really give a shit. Depends on where he is when he signs. Yeah. I mean, there's so, six. There's sixty million apart in two years. <laughs> and um, God, you know, it's. I heard it's just uh, a slow day for sports. I heard that uh, you know sources con- sources confirmed that, and I heard this like ninth hand, obviously, on one of the groups, um, that uh, there was a rumor before that they were up to uh, that the Mets went up to eleven years and three hundred and forty-seven million. Yeah, I heard that too. Uh, and I couldn't I, I confirm it anywhere. That actually, 
I read it and then I couldn't confirm it anywhere. <laughs> yeah, I uh, I texted him, but they wouldn't get back to me. So uh, we'll see. Well, you texted uh, Francisco. Yeah, Frankie. You, you call him Frankie. Right, right Frankie. Frankie. Yeah, yeah. Frankie. Where yet? Prime has no uh, no insight on this subject. As None far as whatsoever. I well, I, I can say this: he hasn't told me anything. Uh, what, were you expecting a call? I, I heard they were going to settle on Always. 11, 11 right. years, three, $345 million and a production credit. <laughs> so, um, you know, we'll see. <laughs> How many points is he getting? We'll see. Uh, we'll see. Well, so here, so as I said uh, just before we actually came on, you know, to, to me, this kind of says something about, you know, how much he is uh, desiring to necessarily stay with the Mets or, you know, not. He's more willing to test those free agent waters. Is he or is he just stuck on something and say, do you, so you think his counter offer was so off the. Just to make them say no. So just to make them say no. Well, I mean, his counter offer was not one year. It was two years, right? And 60 million and 60 million. That's not particularly close. It's a significant amount. Know. It's a significant you know, amount. The, an ex, you know, an extra year and thirty million is the compromise. That's yeah. It's like a long weekend a, for Jeff Bezos. Yeah. So well, <laughs> sure, but um, or a really know, good maybe, Saturday maybe. night. Uh, Look, you know what? The, the the players' union hates it when guys take anything less than the absolute maximum that that they can get. Right. Mm-hmm. So, and the the agents are kind of in charge of you know they're they're in the the player's ear and they're the trusted voice. I, I don't know. I, I, if he, look, if, if he doesn't sign, he's not going to get 12 from 385 from anybody else next year. No. Is he? No, no, he's not. He's not. I mean, and, even and, with fans back in the stands, revenues, or revenues are going to go up and all that, of course, but. And where's he getting the 12 years, $385 million from next year? But the, that's you know, what I'm not, right. It's not like the Dodgers are going to have that money to sign them. It's not, well, maybe they will. Maybe they, you know, they have a, uh, a printing press in uh, Dodger Stadium, but uh, the Dodgers aren't going to have that money to sign him. The uh, you know who is going to have that money to sign him? Is he going to go yeah. back to Cleveland? I mean, who's he, yeah, who's going to give him ten? See, who's going to give him ten for three twenty-five? Yeah, exactly. I, I see. I see it just the opposite. I think he knows that he's got the Mets in a, in his predicament. I think he does want to stay. The fact that he's asked it for twelve years, he'll be 40, 39, right? 39. Forty. He'll be thirty-nine. Thirty-nine. He'll. <laughs> He won't turn. He won't turn forty till after the twelve seasons over. Even Derek Jeter broke down way before that. I mean, yeah. it, it's he's just he's just trying to get the most. And yeah. you know what? I, the Mets, I, I, the, I Mets, thought, I, the Mets would probably be stupid to just not to to not come close and try to match it at three fifty for twelve and call it a day with some, I, or give him the 365, but with a lot of back end disclaimers and don't front load everything. Give him the total. Give he's got to earn it. Give him the 385, give him the 12 years, but have, yeah, have, have them earn it, have there be performance things in there and also, you know, backload it a little bit and, uh, and uh, not have all of it guaranteed and also put in, put in a no opt out, you know, look, uh, you know. I, I'm not a Mets fan. However, if I was, Mm-hmm. I tell him to go pound sand. Mm-hmm. Well, we, we gave you a really good offer for ten years, so you play till you're 38 years old mm-hmm. with a lot of money. If he walks, he walks. Who cares? 
I tend that's to agree. That's a lot of that's a lot of money that you could spend on a lot of other players, and, and there's gonna and there's gonna be other and and here's the other thing that I have to say about Francisco Lindor. He's a great player. I don't have him in my top ten players in baseball. Right now. No, no, no. Who's in your top ten? He has not hit three hundred, or has, even but cl- in close a while. to it. Let me finish my sentence. <laughs> well, I in, you paused. in five years. <laughs> It was a pregnant pause there. I just yes, <laughs> but uh, no, I agree with you. I know. Um, here's here's my thing. Here's my thing. Uh, he's foolish if he doesn't take whatever offer they can hammer out and get done today. Uh, he's foolish if he doesn't because number one, uh, he can go out this year and get hurt. Then was again. Uh, he could. He's not going to get what he wants. He's probably not going to get what the Mets are offering right now at the end of the season from anybody else. And you don't you know. know you know, I mean, it's possible he could, but it, odds are against it. Uh, however much it depends, obviously we'll see what happens. But he's also not going to whatever team he goes to, unless it's Los Angeles or somewhere else like that, which he's not. Um, he's not going to get the endorsements that he's going to get. He's going to make so if he signs in New York. He's going to get so much money unless he th- unless he's thinking about going across town. Unless he's thinking about playing shortstop for the Yankees next year. Well, the, you know? the, 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 yeah, the Yankees would certainly fall back on their old habits of, uh, you know, he, that, I mean, that would be one of the, you know, and look, hey, if the Mets could, then there's some other free agents the Mets can sign. Sure. They can get Correa. They can get well, Story. They can get, yeah. yeah. And, and the other thing is virtually whatever he signs for, and, mm-hmm. and you know he's been the highest paid shortstop in the game, yeah, for a year, maybe. Right. Someone sure. else is going to sign another contract and make more Absolutely. for a year. That's you know. So I, I'm I'm not. I think he's willing to test. He he wants absolutely the max he can get. He's willing to test free agency. Uh, I I think Cohen's in a position where he made him a really great offer, and. I look. We, we. I think we've all agreed. If he doesn't sign, right, then sort of the off season is a bust because right. you're only going to get him for this one year. Exactly. But if you're going to have to pay through the nose, you know, everyone has a limit, and Cohen's made an excellent offer here. This is a great offer, and if he walks away, he walks away. And I think Steve Cohen can say, "Look, we offered him a boatload of money." Right. I, I, think it, I, think Lindor would be stupid. I think Lindor would be stupid to walk away from this offer. Look, I, I, I think Trevor Story is a better. I think Tatis has way more upside than Lindor and probably right now is better. You know, many people have Bogarts as a better shortstop. Is Bo, Boba Shett probably by the end of the year is going to have better numbers. Boba Fett? Boba Fett, yes. <laughs> uh, you know, Corey Seager. I mean, look, there's there's he is a good player. But and, I, and for, I don't I, – there's other players. I think you build championship teams around pitching staffs. Yeah. And I would love to see Lindor stay a Met. I think it's a great – it was a great offseason. I think he's playing – I think he's playing them. I think it's his agent trying to get him as much money as possible. And I think they will come to an agreement. I just don't think it's going to be before – uh, you know, within the next two hours. Well, let me ask you this then. I mean, obviously he said before the season starts, right? So if they have something planned, if they have something in the works and they can get something signed at 3 o'clock tomorrow afternoon, technically that's before the season starts, right? Um, so it's not necessarily tonight, true, true. so to speak. But 
here's my thing, and and a few I've heard a few other people talk about this too, and I want to get your take on it. He has given the ultimatum where he's like, uh, you know, no, it's 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 um, before the season starts, or I'm going to, or period, I'm going to free agency. We sign something before opening day, or I'm testing free agency. That's what he he actually said that. I thought it was it'll it'll either be before the season starts, or or it'll be after. We're not going to negotiate during the season. He's going to he'll test free agency. He said that. He did. Okay. He said that. Now, so here's my thing. What happens? What happens? Hypothetically speaking, if a month in, you know, even mid late April, beginning of May, he's having a great year. He's having so much fun playing in front of. And granted, it's only like twenty percent of the fans, but playing in front of fans, playing in New York, the vibe of the team, everything else. And he says to himself, "You know what? Screw that. I do want to stay here." You know what I mean? Or, or he's is having he, such a great year that he says his agent tells him, you know what? I'm glad we held out because now now it's going to be $400 million. Right, 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 right. Yeah, that too. But And 14 years. Well, and, and I want your firstborn to have a contract when he turns 16 <laughs> or she. Yeah. Did, it, it, it's just ridiculous. It is. Did you see, uh, did you see um, Pete Alonso? Yeah, Pete Alonso is just. Give him 400 I, I want to see him and Luke Voigt in, in a in a celebrity jeopardy <laughs> spell spell dog oh that's funny that would be that would be interesting uh d-a-w-g yeah yeah it's easy for pete alonso then you you kick in the extra 15 million or 20 million or 65 million or whatever whatever it is right yeah uh, look i i think that if i'm lindor I think he's got two or three more years where he can get a long-term contract as long as he plays well. Right. Right. So he's really got nothing to lose. If you know, I don't know where to go on this because I thought what the Mets offered him was at least worthwhile countering with maybe one more year and whatever the equivalent in salary would be. And I think the Mets would have signed it, but 12 years for a guy who's going to be 28, to make him the highest paid yeah, play, yeah. highest played position I mean, player, that's a lot of uh, that's, a, that's a lot of money, especially with somebody who should know that hey, we we got holes to fill here to, in order to win a championship. Right. If that's if that's important to you, and, and considering that both parties are looking for a long term deal, this is not a case where the team says, "Ah, eh, we'd like him for maybe the next three years," and I he's thinking, that, "I, I want to be here for the next ten. I thought they would have offered him a seven-year, six, seven-year deal. The fact that they offered him a 10-year deal, I think is a little generous on the Mets to begin with. Right. But, hey, you know. Yeah, but it's not about those last three years. It's not about what he's going to do those last three years. Sure. You know, in his case, being 28, it's about what he's going to do. It's, it's about what he's going to do in the next four or five years, while they still have DeGrom, he, while they still have – He's He's got you know, more to risk by not signing and – Anything can go wrong. He could have a lousy season. He could get hurt. There's all sorts of things that can happen to diminish his value. Now, you know, certain teams are going to probably still be just as interested or almost just as interested, you know, no matter what happens because of his track record. But Uh, this just in Francisco Lindor signed with the Brooklyn Nets for a a two year deal. (laughs) And he's playing center. Well, they needed a backup for Kyrie. Right, well, he's going to stand on Kyrie's shoulders. <laughs> yeah. 
He's not. He's not that much shorter than. Well, problem solved. <laughs> there you go. There you go. He. he well, he thought he was signing with the Mets, but he he misspelled it. That's what the problem was. So. Uh, in any event, um, yeah, his you know agent what? didn't have his glasses. His on. agent didn't have his glasses on. He's on the this, wrong contract. It's a whole right. thing, but uh, yeah, <laughs> who, who the hell knows? Uh, you know, I agree with everything both of you are saying. Uh, it's he. He's a fool. I mean, let's see, fool. He's a fool. He's foolish if he doesn't sign that deal, or he doesn't work it out that they meet in the middle with the the average annual uh, um, salary. Uh, to uh, to get to uh, eleven years, if if he if he wants that extra year, I mean, does he really want to play? I, I guess he wants to play until he's over forty. I mean, is he? You know, who knows? He wants three hundred and sixty-five million dollars. Yeah. He wants. Well, he doesn't care the, if he plays until he's thirty-two. The the, thir- the three hundred and twenty-five million is going to tie him for the fifth richest contract, tied with uh, tied with um, uh, Stan. Uh, you know, so there's uh, Tatis is over him, uh, Trout obviously, um, Machado and and uh, and uh, which one call it uh, Harper Tatis Harper. Uh, yeah, uh, but uh, you know what? And, and I, those I, are all maybe maybe Harper is arguable, but those are all pretty much players that are more valuable than Francisco Lindor. Right, Harper no, got a 13 no, year Stan. contract, but Harper was also no, no, not Stan. Right. Stan's the biggest waste of money. Stan was right, right. waste of money. Yeah, yeah but mean, that, uh, but that deal, well, Harper's deal was signed. Other than Johnny Damon and what was the other Red Sox center fielder the Yankees signed? It's just it's the worst signing. Ellsbury, Ellsbury, worst Damon or Ellsbury. Ellsbury, Ellsbury was worse than Damon. Yeah, because it was a lot longer, and Damon actually. Played a little bit. Can we Damon, do a top ten <laughs> D- 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 worst actually, Yankee signings? One week? Damon won a World Series. Yeah, we could do top ten Yankees worst World signings and top ten Mets worst. Yeah, yeah sign- World true. signings. That's- world signings. I don't, look, worst signings. Here's my here's my question for you guys. If you're Steve Cohen, mm-hmm. you say okay, 10, 325 wasn't good. Here's eleven at three three fifty or whatever. Three fifty, three fifty five, whatever. Whatever it is. Uh, take it or leave it. It's available anytime during the season you want to sign it. And that's all I'm going to say. And now we're going to move on and we're going to start talking. What, about I mean, what's, the diff- what's the difference between 11 and 12 and 15 million at this point? Right. Well, if Mets really want him, then then they come in and match it. I would match the total dollar amount and the total year amount. I would just make yeah, it but less front loaded and more performance based. Right. Right. But if you yeah, start doing that, then you're stuck. I mean, look, Co- well, then you're stuck in that mode. Right. And any other great off. player that you want to bring in, well, look, Cohen has said this only everybody. What, what was the what's the what's the phrase I'm looking for, John? Everybody's what, replaceable. What? No, no, no. Uh, I, every, even like even my pockets are, only have so much in them, or whatever the hell he said. Where the Mets will figure out a way of fucking it up. Oh wait, yeah, no, that's their <laughs> normal team motto. That's, that's what it says on the back of the mask. He basically said, "I only got so much in my my pockets." I'm only, you know, only, he's, he's, I'm only so deep. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm only going to spend so much. He's going to set hmm. a line here, and I think that's good policy. Yeah, no, I mean, I don't necessarily disagree with it. I mean, because at, at that point, who the hell cares what the Mets offered if he's just coming back with this outrageous number and you're ex- you're expected to, you know, kowtow to it and say, okay, here you go, here's the money. Then what, what are you even negotiating for? You should just walked up to him and said, what do you want? And <laughs> we'll give it to you, you know, right, at that right. point. But, uh, you know, negotiation works both ways. And and Cohen even said in one of his tweets, he said, it takes two to tango. Yeah. Um, I hope he signs it, it takes two to tango. 
And, w- and what I got out of that wasn't like, you know, saying anything derogatory about Lindor. It was, it was saying, hey, you know what? I gave you an offer. You gave me an offer. Let's meet in the middle. It takes two to right. tango. You know, we right. got and, and listen, if they have a great season, then maybe Lindor, you know, has a little more incentive to sign with the Mets. He might be more interested in hanging out with the Mets and making three twenty five over ten trade, million than, trade than him going for Trevor somewhere. Story and signs Story to a contract extension. I'd there be fine go. with that. Actually, I'd be fine with that. <laughs> Why not do it in April? <laughs> that's that's that sends a message, doesn't it? Yeah. You don't want to fucking play here? Okay. Right. All right. We'll bring April, 30th, somebody who does, April yeah. 30th. We're trading you to Colorado. We're getting Trevor Story here. We're signing him long term. Goodbye. You think Trevor Story is going to be excited, far less of a fucking problem to deal with? Come on. <laughs> but in any event, uh, you know, let me let me ask you this. Let's move on from this. Uh, if to, to wrap it up uh, in how, my way, how anyway. quickly the New Yorkers will turn. Lindor, yeah. love him. Bring him in. Got to sign him. This is a great I, deal. I, 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 you know me. We're like, I've never, I never, I've never been sold on what I, I think this is overpaying for him. I just don't get the complete. He's the best player in baseball storyline. Well, the, it's the defensive aspect too. I get that. I get that. He's a great and we're, listen, He's a we're good Met baseball fans. player. We're Met fans. We're hungry for a superstar. We and want this is, somebody this to is, come. This is the biggest signing, if not bigger, really, than uh, um, in in its in its place than uh, than Piazza was back in '98. Sure, um, but sure. Uh, you know, here's the thing: uh, I I don't know how I feel about this. But this question I ask you, but and then we'll wrap this up because it's been twenty twenty minutes of Lindor. <laughs> he just knows what you're talking about <laughs> to start the damn, which is what he wanted, of, right? He but, said, if I can get uh, 20 minutes out of the logger room talking about me, then I'll sign a 10-year deal yeah. now. <laughs> well, you know what? If that's what it was for, done. There you go. Yeah, Happy if that's what it takes, we'll do if 30. If that's what it takes, we'll do 30 if you want. <laughs> but um, will it affect the Mets this season if he doesn't? If, yeah. In other words, will, will it will, – and, and, and I don't just mean by the players on the field. It'll affect you. I mean the you. players on the field, but – It'll affect, affect you and the New York media and all the Mets fans who uh, – we want to obsess on this shit. It'll, it'll not impact the team one bit. Right. Well, go out there, play, play baseball. He'll, he'll go out and play well, right? Because he's playing for a contract. Within a couple so of gonna, weeks, you're going to get a good season that, out of him. You know, yep. the, the, we'll have the, other things. Yeah, so, we'll, right. we'll be talking about, you know, Alonzo's slump, or we'll be talking about, you know, right. uh, when we'll be waiting for Carrasco well, the, to come back. and The great Alonso. play on the field that Guillerme's been putting up. And, uh, yeah. No, I'm kidding. But, we'll, uh, well, well, we'll kidding, start but, talking you know, about uh, the, return, the return of Lee Mazzilli. The return Rosario, of Mazzilli, yeah. The return of Lee Mazzilli Rosario. What's Mike uh, Piazza he, really he, doing he, for this change club? Can change his name That'll to Lee Mazzilli top. Rosario now? <laughs> Lee Mazzilli Rosario. Yeah. Uh, yeah, that's his new name. But uh, what is Mike Piazza really doing for this club? There you go. Yeah, that'll um, be a topic of conversation. I'm sure. Yeah. All right. Well, moving on from that, getting back to what the topic at hand is. It's uh, our MLB preview, 23 minutes into the podcast. MLB preview uh, uh, issue edition, if you will, of this podcast. Uh, tomorrow's opening day. Not any other sport can't say they have an opening day. Opening day is synonymous with with baseball. I mean, it's so great. And uh, uh, which we call it the uh, – uh, I read a little something here, a couple things I just want to bring up. Uh, for generations, opening day has arrived – Amid pageantry, if you will, in Cincinnati, home of the first the sport's first openly professional team, the annual um, Finley Market Parade marks an official city holiday with young and old alike taking the 
day off to cheer the Reds. Anyway, the Reds have basically always had, for decades, the uh, first pitch of every major league uh, season has always taken place in Cincinnati. Oh, really? Um, yeah. Didn't know that. Yeah. Les um, Nesman usually is the first. And the, and the Reds out. remain the only major league team to always open the season with a home game. Always. Um, so, but there's a couple of quotes. Uh, uh, Joe DiMaggio said this one. Um, you always get a special kick on opening day, no matter how many you go through. You look forward to it like a birthday party when you're a kid. You think it's something wonderful. You think something wonderful is going to happen. And uh, this other quote, you tell me who said this. Uh, a home opener is always exciting, no matter whether it's home or on the road. Yogi Bear. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, in any event. My next guess would have been Tim McCarver. <laughs> it's become like St. Patrick's Day in normal times out here in Denver. And, uh, you know, we're going to have fans in the stands tomorrow. And uh, I think Lodo is going to be hopping a little bit. You know, opening days in a lot of places where perennially you don't have a team fighting for, uh, you know, a playoff spot. Sometimes opening day is the highlight of the season. <laughs> Pretty much. Well, yeah, that's um, the thing. I mean, this is true in any sport theoretically, but because of the number of games in the baseball season, really that, you know, even for the bad teams, those first couple of weeks, you know, when you might only be a couple of games out of it, you know, you, you can, you know, that, that hope does spring eternal. And certainly opening day, everyone is, you know, and, and look, nobody, everybody else starts at night, right? The NFL starts yeah. on a Thursday, Thursday, for God's sake, night. Well, now. yeah. And I mean, you it, know. it's also just kind of, I think mentally for a lot of places, in the United States, it's just it sort of signals, hey, maybe winter is over. Yeah. Please yeah. make winter cool. over. And, and you know, that's kind of you know, it's symbolic in a lot of ways. And yeah. also when when you think of um so that when you think of a, you know playing football, you think of being outside for the most mm-hmm. part, right? Mm-hmm. Certainly uh NBA and NHL you're you're in an arena, but baseball is always you think about a game outside mm-hmm. in the sunshine. Unless you're uh, live in Houston or Minnesota stadiums, of course, but uh, that idea of, of baseball out there. Or Minnesota, in, Minnesota in stadiums outdoors now. You know, on the first day of the season, it's target. There is there is no now. other sport that's like that. Well, at least part of the stadiums outside. Oh, the well, outside of the stadium is outside. part of every arena is a part of it's outside. <laughs> that's true. Yeah. Now, now, uh, since they when they uh, rebuilt the uh, the uh, which call it the dome. Uh, the uh, yeah, the Vikings are still inside, but the Twins are outside. Um, in any event, um, yeah, it's opening day is great, and like everybody says, hope springs eternal. So uh, let's hope uh, that is what the hell is this? <laughs> I am not going to even read this comment, but I'll show it to you guys later. <laughs> Holy okay. crap! Oh, you don't even want to know it. Did uh, uh did Lindor <laughs> No. I, I it's, it's 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 some sort of spam <laughs> for uh, no. uh yeah, it's uh um Vietnamese. Uh it, it, yeah, just let it go. <laughs> go okay. go go to Facebook if you want and go to go to the page, go to our page no. and read the comment. Nope, I'm not gonna look at no. It's it's funny. <laughs> All right, so, so hope springs who's eternal. Gonna beat, yes, who's so. going to beat the Dodgers? I let's mean, that's basically about, the summary of baseball this year. Who's going to beat the Dodgers? Does anybody much. have? Does anybody have? The Dodgers got better than they were last year. 
There's a, there's a few things we can go over. Uh, the Dodgers did get better, but are they going to win again? Here's, here's why I say no. It's not a strike shortened season. But uh, that's just my <laughs> – At least uh, not yet. At least not yet, yeah. <laughs> I mean, but, they, um, they've get, I think they should win it. Will they? Who knows? It's really hard to repeat. Is it hard to repeat after half a year? Um, I don't know. <laughs> uh, <laughs> it's a quarter. It's a third of a year, wasn't it? Yeah. They're going to have – they're going to have a long season, though. Their oh. season's longer than everybody else's. No, they're going to have a long season of fighting with another really, really good team in the Padres. Yeah. Well, everybody yeah. has that, though. You know? Absolutely. Uh, yeah, but I, I think the Dodgers not have had it maybe they not haven't as had, much. They haven't had it as much. Yeah. No, they right. haven't. And, they, uh, and they're, they're also going to have a long year fighting with the, uh, uh, the head case that is their – number two or three or four, whatever he's slotted in for starting pitcher. Um, you know, the Mr. I'm going to pitch with one yeah, eye and, Bauer and breathe through my eyelids like the lava lizards of the, the Bauer fatigue you know, could it, be it, an, it, an issue. Is he, any, is, is he any more of a head case than Justin Turner or any – I mean, uh, he, uh, he's, he's pre, if he performs at 75% of what he's capable of, the Dodgers are going to be really, really hard to beat. Yeah, well, that's if you know. I mean, he had one good year, and it wasn't even a, it wasn't even a year. It was eleven games, <laughs> sixty but, games. And, and the, I think the thing is, I, 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 he might not even be their their second best pitcher. No, no, they 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 have seven they have seven pitchers that are no better than that. All of them, none of them are any worse than a number three starter. So they have a they have a crazy good. Uh, and I, and I think they have the best so. lineup. I think they have the best lineup, offensive defense. Considered, yeah. And I think they have the best team to play in today's baseball. Then they're they're versatile. They can play multiple positions. They know how to hit. They they somehow hit the long ball, even though they're not really built for it. And they've got a deep pitching staff. I, well, I just think I just think there's the, I think that the Dodgers are here, and you know there's a second tier. And then there's a big third tier that's with a lot of question marks. Well, before we get into any predictions and everything else, I mean, we, we know how we, we all know and, and people that are, uh, have been watching the show know how we feel about, you know, what the Dodgers are doing out there. So um, let's, let's go around the league. Let's, uh, let's start in each division. Uh, it take forever to dissect everything, but let's talk about each division. Let's start with the National League East. Um, and we'll start with the Mets, like you said. Um, I don't uh, – let let me get your opinion on the pitching staff as it is right now, before anybody comes back. Right now, uh, DeGrom is your uh, is the first starter. Then you got Stroman, Taiwan Walker, David Peterson, and Joey Lucchese. Um, obviously, you got Syndergaard coming back at some point. You got Cookie Carrasco coming back even before that. Um, so, um, what's your take on the rotation? Quick, quick, you know, bing, bang, boom. I, I, I think that they have the potential of being the best rotation in the National League East. Having said that, I think without some people really stepping up and without them getting healthy, mm-hmm. I think they're the third best on paper right now. I think that I think that both the Nationals and the Braves have better pitching. Okay, fair enough. Uh, Pete, I, I, I would say um, I would agree. Nationals barely. Nationals are really top heavy. I agree. They have an I excellent agree. staff. Uh, yeah, they're they're waiting for two big pieces to come back to that rotation. Sure. And I think this is going to be uh, – I don't think anyone is running away with this division. And the fact that they don't have Carrasco to start and they don't have Thor to start could end up hurting them. Uh, just right. you know, could kind of keep them down a little bit. It's going to be tough for them to get off. To, I, I think the you know, Mets the and Braves – 
I think the Mets and Braves have a better potential pitching staff to get them through the season. I think the Nationals have the best pitching staff for the postseason. But they got to win it first. Right. And so, I, I, look, I think the Braves are going to have a really good year. And, and the Mets are going to have to play a lot of games against not a horrible Philly team and a, and a very good no. a, a very good Atlanta team and a very good uh, Nationals team. And they're in a tough division. There's a lot of parity. Yeah, I think you can look at those four teams, and there will be, depending on how big your hand is, not more than a handful of games separating first and fourth in that division. Yeah, I mean, it's going to be tight. Uh, and, and that's where I think not having those pitchers to start is going to make it a little more difficult for the Mets. Right. I agree. And, I, and, I agree. I think, and I think all those teams wear out pitching staffs, especially the Mets are going to have a better lineup this year. The Braves know how to do it better than anybody else. The Nationals, they're going to make you pitch deep into your depth. Yep. And when you have to play four or five series against these guys, that's going to, that's going to take its, its, its wear and tear. It's not like, you know, you have some, two or two or three teams in your division where, hey, I could, I could go with my four, five, and six and, and get my one, two, and three ready yep. for the next series. Uh, well, let's. Hey, no, you're gonna you're gonna need All right. somebody somebody at the in those uh, you know those two and three spots in almost every series. Yeah, absolutely. You know to, to um, realistically win many of them. Let's flip it over to offense for a second here. Um, uh, starting lineup: uh, Nimmo, Lindor, Conforto, Alonso, Tom Smith, McNeil, Davis, and McCann. Obviously, and then the pitcher in the ninth spot. How do you feel about that lineup? One through six is is top six, seven in the league. The bottom half of that has a lot of question marks. But I think I think when you look at Davis the Mets, and McCann have a lot of question marks. Uh, more than some other some other teams, I think. You know, okay. um, what did I, McCann hit last year? Uh, hold on, let's find it. There we go. He hit last year. He hit. Hello, hello, hello. He hit uh, two ninety three. Okay, so he had a good year, mm-hmm. and his his career his career average is two uh, eighty six. Yeah. So I mean, Mc, Mc, you know, the Mets fans were down on the McCann acquisition. I don't know why. I I was in for it. I even before they even signed him, I said take him because you're going to save a ton of money. Well, it might have been the biggest value down. acquisition they had. Yep. Um, well, let, yeah, yeah. Let's listen. He was. I don't. Well, I, I think I going, into, the Yankees. going into Yankees. Davis. It, I don't, by the way, JD Davis's career career average is three twenty eight. Yeah. Okay. So, so but that's a um, uh, yeah. But what's the sample size on that? It's a yeah. yeah. It's a it's a small. He had a down year last year, and then he had a lot of years that where he only played a few games. His biggest I mean, listen, his biggest si- sample size was two years ago, twenty nineteen. He he raked for the Mets. Yeah. So. Yeah. Um, but and look, we not look. Alonzo had a pretty good spring certainly the later part of the spring was very good for him but you know the difference which is more important which is more important and um and listen, even last year i heard today that uh, if you looked at his numbers last year supposedly a terrible year for him and you extrapolated that out over a full season he would have hit something i think it's 37 or 38 home runs which certainly is not you know 50 plus but no. it's nothing to uh you know to shake a stick at so to speak not so, at all but there look there are Always question marks, and well, we talked last I, week. We I, said, I think uh, that the Mets offense can be absolutely deadly, but you got to see who's going to get hurt because you know there's always injuries, right. and um, hopefully the and who's, who's, staff and the uh, and uh, yeah, and and listen, guys are going to go through slumps from what it used to be. So 
do they go through slumps at the same time or right. are they smart about it? And okay, you have a slump now and then uh, I'll have a slump after that. Uh, yeah, you, know. you take your slump now. I'll take my slump next month. They could absolutely but, um, be, they, they could be absolutely deadly, but we'll see. Uh, like, as, like we said last week, Joel Sherman uh, wrote that article. The Mets have uh, a potential to have a terrifying offense uh, this year. So we'll see what, yeah. uh, we'll see what happens. The defense, the, the only thing I feel is, yeah, they need to get in, in, in a nutshell. Um, starting pitching wise, they need to get Carrasco and they need to get Syndergaard back. I'm not too worried about Peterson, Lucchese. Obviously, there's an issue. They may actually do what they did. I think they did it once last week. Uh, they're they're saying what they may actually do when they uh, throw Lucchese is they may actually use an opener. Uh, they may use an opener right. and then put him in and go from there and 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 work on that a little bit. But and you know what? I, I'm not too upset about it. It's better than most, even the way it is right now with Peterson Lucchese in there too. So. Um, the, I'm not worried about the offense at all, <laughs> but, uh, what I am worried about is a little bit of the defense from some of them. Dom Smith is a potential gold glove first baseman playing left field. <laughs> and, yeah. Uh, you know, and, and it's close. Yeah. It's, it's yeah. Kind of sort of on an angle. It's only, but, uh, it's only all the way across the, uh, well, listen, uh, a, a base hit can be a ground ball. So sure. No, no, I, I know. You should have and, no problem with that. He can put his foot up against the wall and catch fly balls. Right. He can, uh... <laughs> well, well, we'll see what happens there. I'm less worried about him than I am about J.D. Davis at third base. That's my, uh, that's, that's my biggest concern there. But if they're smart and they look at the pitcher that's pitching and, uh, and they rotate, if you will, accordingly and put Guillaume on third when necessary, for a ground ball pitcher and keep Davis in there for his bat when uh, when you have a potential, uh, you know, primarily a fly ball pitcher in there, then and so be it. But yeah. uh, that that's my take on that. Let's and move and on if to he's the, just whacking the crap out of the ball, you leave him in there all the time. You got to leave know, him in there, yeah. His offense is is outweighing the defense. If he's whacking the crap out of the ball, but every batter that's getting up on the other team is smacking line drives past him, <laughs> you know, or ground balls past him for that matter. Then I don't care how good he's hitting. Yeah, <laughs> but, but, there. Unless you've got a lot of uh, really pretty experienced pull hitters going up yeah. against his pitching staff, you're not going to have yeah. everybody hitting the in ball. In Major League Baseball days. today, people leave the entire side of the stadium and with no players on it, and somebody can't hit it there. For, <laughs> for you to tell somebody to hit it to that guy, it it's not going to happen. Rod Carew's yeah. not playing anymore. <laughs> George Brett could do it every time. There's yeah, probably yeah. five guys in the league that can do it right now. It is probably. Yeah. <laughs> but um, listen, if, if it's really bad, you just take the uh, take the second baseman and put him in the short field there. Davis misses. The short center. Hey, yeah, yeah. yeah, there we go. <laughs> <laughs> Play it like yeah. a softball team. There you go. <laughs> um, yeah, can we have a 10-man uh, rotation there anyway? Um, all right, let's uh, let's flip it over to the Phillies for a second. Um, they got, uh, you know, their um, starting rotation. They got uh, Aaron Nola, Wheeler, uh, Zach Eflin, Matt Moore, Chase Anderson. Uh, you know, I'm 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 not too concerned of as a Met fan. I'm concerned about it as a, as somebody from that's a Phillies fan. You know, maybe I mean Zach Wheeler's the number two. All right, so uh, he's a good pitcher, uh, but he's not. I don't think Zach Wheeler's number two. He was never number two with the Mets. He was, you know, but then again, look who they had in front of him, too. So, yeah. you know, I think I, he's he's a solid three. Yeah. But. I think the team that can beat up on the Phillies the best this year wins the National League East. Right. Yeah. Phillies. Yeah, I think the Phillies are going to be the, the the pesky team that uh, can end up. I know. That's what I mean. Later on. The, te yeah. the yeah. team that can kind of get past them, 
Because you're going to wind up splitting and, and having some parity. Yeah, you may have two. Or, you you may have two out of the three of the Mets, Washington, and the Braves kind of splitting with Philly, and then one exactly. of them having exactly. that, so those extra three or four wins against them. And there's the there's your division title. There's right your division there. right there. Yeah, you're absolutely right. You're absolutely right. Their uh, their lineup. They got McCutcheon, uh, Reese Hoskins, Bryce Harper, JT Realmuto, Didi Gregorius, Boehm. Segura and Quinn. I mean, it's not a. It's a very know, it's competent pretty, it's pretty, lineup. It's a pretty right? competent lineup. And, and, and the Mets, the Mets, and the Braves have the two best offensive lineups in that division. Mm-hmm. They have two of the top, probably eight, seven, eight lineups in baseball. Mm-hmm. So I think they have a little bit of advantage on the Nationals in that regard. They yeah, might, they, you know, but that yeah. Phillies lineup is not bad, right? It's, it's not, not bad. Real Muto there. Bad. Harper is Harper. Um, Gregorius, right? If you Mike Schmidt. Yeah, Mike he Schmitt. plays like he did when he was a Yankee. Then that's right. That should be okay. Uh, Mike Schmidt was a Yankee. No, I'm kidding. Uh, no, but uh, Didi I Schmidt. Gregorious. I think Didi's going to have a bounce back here. Yeah. Didi will have a decent year. Um, McCutcheon, uh, you know, he's McCutcheon's getting on in years. He's getting he's on in years, but he's, he's still he's, capable of being he's a scrappy player. player. Yeah, you know? yeah, he's right. He's right in the middle of where Lindor's contract extension <laughs> would be. It's a quality team. <laughs> Quality. But he's a left fielder. He's not right. a shortstop. That's exactly. Thing. So left fielders can play a lot longer than shortstops. Um, um, yeah, maybe. When was the last time you saw a forty-five-year-old shortstop? <laughs> was the last time you saw a forty-five-year-old left fielder? I have Lou Pinello, when he was twenty-seven, looked like a forty-five-year-old. <laughs> Lou Pinello, when he was twenty-seven, was a forty-five-year-old. Exactly. That's exactly. Where so. did Julio Franco play? <laughs> Well, I guess he just DH for the last he, he, ten years. That, he was that, and then that, the ripe old age of fifty four. Is that James Franco's brother? <laughs> James Franco. No, it's Matt, Matt Franco's brother. Um, all right, let's go. Let's talk about the Braves. Uh, brother from another mother, maybe. Brother from another mother. <laughs> uh, decent staff. Oh, we we don't have to go through all these uh, for a lot of the teams. Uh, decent no. decent rotation uh, pitching staff. Um, pretty solid. Their their lineup is uh, is. Uh, killer, I think the Braves you know. are the team to beat. Acuna Jr., Ozzy Albies, Freddie Freeman is is a nightmare for <laughs> for Mets. Ozuna, uh, Ozuna, Darno, uh, Dansby Swanson, Riley, and and uh, Darno. Fish, yeah, glad uh, to see he's so, come around. Well, you know, he he just needed to be on a different team, is all it was. So. He just needed to be somewhere besides the Mets. Yeah, he just needed to be somewhere like Wheeler. Well, Wheeler could just like, never stay healthy. Yeah. Yeah, so that was but, uh, I think that he sucked when he pitched for him but when he was on the My mound. personal opinion uh, as I'm wearing the shirt, I think the Braves are going to be the Mets biggest nemesis obviously in the division. Um and and as Harry said before, whoever wins more games against the Phillies and the Marlins for that matter, um is the uh is the there's your division right. There. I think I think the Braves are slightly the projected favorite in the division to me. I mean, I think, I think they're just, yeah, there's a little bit more, there's a little less uncertainty going into the season with, with than than the Mets for obvious reasons and, and the nationals, but it's going to be close. It's going to be close. Yeah, it is. So Um, what's our, what's our order here? Oh, sorry. Go ahead. I was just going to say the that national same as, I mean, they got it. They still have a solid uh, lineup, although all not, although not as good, uh, as uh, as the Mets or the Braves, um, you might even say not as good as the Phillies. Obviously, depending on who, how everybody's hitting, but uh, at least at least yeah, uh, but they, terrible. They, they have Josh they, Bell now. They got Josh Bell over from the the, the Pirates, um, playing first. So you know they and Starlin Castro's uh, at third. Uh, Kyle, uh, Trey Turner, Juan Soto, um, Kyle yeah, Schwarber. Soto, I mean. Juan Soto's Soto just, could uh, be the best player in the, it's, in the National it's their, League. It's their pitching staff. If they, you know, they're gonna, 
They, their pitching staff is going to make up for a lot of well, inconsistency in the lineup, I yeah, think. Yeah, but as as Pete said before, it's top-heavy. Scherzer and Strasburg, right? And you got Patrick Absolutely. Corbin in the third, and John Lester's pitch in fifth. So, uh, you know, it's a, it, it's, it's a, it's a solid rotation, but... Um, you know, I, I think it's I think it's at least good, if not as good, if not better than the Mets rotation right now. When Carrasco and Syndergaard are back, it's not. That's no. my uh, right overall. No, overall, no. Yeah, like I say, the Nationals are built to get to the playoffs and cause havoc. Right, and uh, and the Marlins. Uh, you know what? There's uh, they're know, not a pushover. They're not a pushover. They're they're scrappy. They they did mm. what they they made the wild card last year. Granted, it was sixty games. I don't think if it's a regular are they, season. Are they a hockey team? The Marlins. The Marlins. Yeah, they're no. They're highlight highlight. In the off season, they're a highlight team. Right. But uh, uh, you know what? They 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 do have a, a decent young nucleus. So we'll see what happens with them. Okay, let's talk about the division. What's the order? Who's winning it? What's the order? National League East. I, I think it's going to be the Braves, the Mets. And the Nationals, and I think the I think the Braves are going to pull away and and win the division. All right, so you're saying I'm I'm marking this down because we're going to keep this for posterity here. Braves for posterity, posterity, <laughs> posterity. <laughs> but it's posterity. It sounds like a whoever loses gets their list shoved. It's, it sounds like a, it sounds like a combination <laughs> CrossFit gym and prostate exam. Come to posterity. <laughs> uh, I, I was I was going for a joke there, but that's even better than I was thinking. <laughs> so I'll leave it alone there. Um, prosterity, <laughs> prosterity. Uh, we, we like to make up words here. Let our fingers do the talking. <laughs> Get our forever <laughs> membership. That's right. We'll keep it for. Uh, we'll, turn your we'll head and for, turn your head and cough. <laughs> prosterity. We'll keep it for posterity. I was I, the the joke I had was far worse than the one you made. Was, <laughs> I'm even gonna say. Okay. We're, anyway, we're, try, so we're trying to edit Braves, ourselves. Braves and how many wins? Oh God, we got to pick Braves, number of wins. Enough. Wins. No, just I. I, <laughs> I think the I think the Braves win ninety six games this year. All right. Pete, who's winning? How many games? I think it's going to be Braves, Nationals, Mets, Phillies. Going to be the top four. I'll say the Braves win. Uh, what did you say? Ninety six. Yeah. I'll say ninety seven. Right, I am going to say Mets. Imagine that, and uh, I'm going to say 95. Hmm. 95 is going to win the division. Okay. 95 is going to win the division. Could be. So, um, so a lot of parity. A lot of parity. A lot of parity. Yeah. There's, okay. there's, there, there's good teams playing against each other. Yeah, you know? that's true. Uh, you know, I mean, if the Mets aren't, if the Mets aren't losing a couple of games to the Braves or the Nationals, then the Nationals and the Braves aren't winning those couple of games. So. You know, uh, and if the Mets and the Braves are both raking over the uh, the Phillies and the and the Marlins, then they're both you know getting the beat right. on that. So, yeah, so everybody's getting those. Everybody's right. getting those wins. So I'm going to say Mets ninety five wins. Um, all right, let's uh, let's uh, we'll do it faster. <laughs> let's do uh, let's do the National League Central. We yeah, this will be fast because I don't know anything else about it. Well, we'll just talk about other. the teams in general. We'll just Not that I know anything about the NL East, but I know even right. less about any other division. Uh, Brewers, uh, you know, a couple of standouts on their lineup. Uh, Lorenzo Cain still playing. Uh, Christian Yelich, obviously. Um, you know, uh, they're, I don't know. They're right, I think, in the thick of things. But uh, uh, between them, the Cardinals obviously have 
Paul Goldschmidt's still playing. They got Nolan Arenado now. Uh, DeJong, Yadier Molina still. Uh, Cardinals have to be the favorite, the, right? The Cardinals, you know. Yeah, but, but I think there's going to be a lot of parity in this league. I, I think 85 wins wins you this division. I really do. Yeah. I think it'll be the Cardinals, but I think the Brewers will be right there. And I think the Cubs will have a better year, but they'll probably be around 500. I think the Cardinals have to. I, I think the, I think it's going to be Cardinals, Brewers, um, Cardinals, Brewers, Cubs. Yep. Yeah, That's the Reds. Opinion. The Reds had a, a surprising postseason last year, but they lost. Well, they lost Bauer, and that's a big part of their. But to your point, um, with you know, eighty-five wins being winning the division, um, that also means I'm not. I'm going to go out and say that the Reds and the Pirates are not tanking. They're not no, win teams. No, I think I think all these teams are within, other than the Pirates. I think all these teams are going to win. You know. 75 games right and uh the, uh, the pirates the pirates might be in the pirates the pirates might not win 60 this year yeah um it's possible uh i'll, I'll call it the right around 60 but i think pittsburgh's matter. the worst team in baseball uh, uh, other than maybe the rockies right and i think pittsburgh has a little bit of an advantage so i'm gonna i'm gonna i'll, I'll go first i'm gonna say the uh national league central i'm gonna say uh i'm gonna say 87 wins cardinals 87 wins uh pete I'll say, uh, I'll say Cardinals eighty four. Okay, Harry. Cardinals eighty five. They're going to squeak past the Brewers. Brewers will be second. Cubs will be third. They're going to be neck and neck all year. All three of those teams. Cardinals pull away. Eighty five wins wins that division. Cool. All right. Let's move on to the National League West. All right. Talk about your Rockies for a second. What do they have to do this year to win thirty games? They'll win 30 games. I think they'll probably be right there with the Pirates. I think they'll win 50, 55, 58 games. The Rockies have a pretty decent lineup. I mean, look, they still have – I think they have one of the best outfielders in baseball in Charlie Blackman. I think they they still have one of the best, if not maybe the best shortstop in baseball. They've always been able to bring up young pitchers, whether or not they can kind of get through a, a season with all of them kind of reaching their potential, at least at the same time. Right. Um, I don't think they're going to be as bad as everybody's predicting them to be, but they're in. They are in. They are in the mode of retooling this team, and I would not be surprised if you start to see them unload players, especially towards the trade deadline. I look, wouldn't. I look, wouldn't. Char- people talk about Trevor Story. If you're a championship team and you're on the bubble, Charlie Blackman is a game changer. Sure. Charlie Blackman is a game changer. Mm-hmm. Uh, having said that, this is uh, this is the Dodgers division. And you know, I think the, I think the Padres are going to stay close to them, but they're not. They're not going to win it. I think the Padres. The Padres have a lot of power. Uh, their their lineups no slou- their uh, rotations no uh, slouch, and their lineup is is crazy. I mean, they're going to be look if it, if if the Dodgers weren't the Dodgers, the Padres would be running away with this division. I think the Padres may have the second best record in baseball and come in second. Yeah, and and yeah, get a wild card. <laughs> I think I think the Dodgers are going to win 101, 102 games, and I think the Padres are going to probably be. Between ninety six and ninety seven, right. and if I had to, I mean the the order, I, I would I would say that the it's Dodgers. Uh, I would say Dodgers, Padres, Giants. Yeah, Giants and Diamondbacks. Maybe the Diamondbacks. I don't know. Uh, it's well, close. I, I, yeah, that's I, a I, Giants I, and Diamondbacks are a toss up for third and fourth, but um, yeah, so that's fine. But uh, all right, so you're saying Dodgers and one hundred one? Yeah. Uh, I'm going to say Padres and 99. 
going to Padres. I think they're going to do it this year. I, I mean, it's. Yeah. Uh, I know I shouldn't, but I don't know. It's look. The only thing I'll say about the Dodgers is it's it's hard to do it again. It is. Again. You're right. They're certainly built that way, but we've seen great teams that just can't, for whatever reason, seem to get it done. And I like the Padres better, so. Yeah, nobody's so repeated. Nobody's repeated since the Yankees three-peated, right? In the, in the 90s, Nobody has the repeated 89, since the Yankees repeated. 2000. Yeah, yeah it's, it's hard. It's just hard. The last so, series that won a team their second or more series in a row uh, beat the Mets, mm-hmm. if you look at it like that. So, great. Um, yeah, but the Dodgers will be second right behind them, and I think the Giants will be third. I don't think yeah, I'll, I'll lean towards the Giants third and then Diamondbacks. Diamondbacks are going to be a close fourth. Though they'll be a game or two behind. It depends on how Madison Bumgarner does there. All right. Um, this is true. Uh, I'm going to say Dodgers 102. 102. There's mine. All right. All right. All right. Let's move to the American League. Uh, talk about the Yankees there, Harry. What do you uh, What do you see happening? Well, uh, for the for the beginning of the season, anyway. Let's put it that way. I think they have to get out to a, a good start. I think they have to they have to get innings out of their starting pitchers. I think that these guys shouldn't have no reason to not to be able to, to to get some wins out and get some innings out of these fresh arms. Right. Uh, having said that, I think the Yankees are probably. I think the Yankees will win the division, and I think only because I think Tampa Bay is going to slide back down a little bit. I think Boston's going to be better, obviously, than they were last year. And the Yankees, much like we were talking about the Mets in the American League East, I think the Yankees have Baltimore's number, and I think they'll be able to to, to beat up on Baltimore a bit. Um, the Blue Jays are going to be good, but I think they're going to be five, six games behind the Yankees when it's all said and done. I think the Yankees win the division with, what, what did I say on the special, 97, 98? I think 97 wins. Right. I think the Yankees win 90, 97 games. Gotcha. Um, yeah, I, I think, you know what? I, I like we talked about last uh, last Friday on that on the special Yankees uh, corner. Um, I don't think it's a, a horrible thing that they got to start the year with Bruce at first and uh, and Luke Boyd on the DL, um, but he'll be coming back at some point, obviously. So um, oh, he'll still play more games than to Kevin Durant. This is true. This is true. Um, although that's that's not saying much. <laughs> that's no. not saying much. Um, <laughs> You know, at at this point, look, uh, I wanted to be healthy when the when the, when the time is right. And it, injuries, look, the Yankees are injury prone. They've they've everybody is. Right. It's just and last year was the Yankees didn't play with the full team until the very end of the year. Yep. So, um, it, of course, injuries are always a bit, and that's why I have the Yankees winning this because I think the Yankees have the depth to. It's, you know, when, when Mike Talkman's your fifth best outfielder, I think you're doing okay. I think the lineup will, during the regular season, will score enough runs. It's just, I want, I can't wait for Luis Severino to get back. And I, I have optimism that two of the three guys that are going to be in number two, three, and four in that rotation are going to have good years. Yeah. Well, um, likely, uh, likely true. So we'll see what happens. I mean, they got to, they're, they're, they're pitching. You know, we, we talked about it, what, like probably five, six weeks ago. It was a question mark, uh, you know, with everybody they were bringing in on one-year contracts and this and that and everything else. Now it looks, looks pretty solid. Um, Again, it's deep. And they could, if they have to, if somebody gets hurt, they have to bring up Debbie Garcia. Okay. Okay. Well, Jordan Montgomery look, look, has looked good. Mm-hmm. You know, the, these guys that they brought in have pitched well in the spring. Mm-hmm. So, you know, 
we'll see. We'll see what happens. I, 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 I hope that they can. That, that they say they're going to go to a six-man rotation. We'll see. We'll see when that materializes. I hope they don't do the old, uh, you know, bring in Chad to pitch two innings. And I, I just don't like it. I think it right. throws off the the, the 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 game. And let the guys pitch innings. Let the guys pitch pitch innings. And let it, and let them pitch through it if they're having a little trouble because they've they've got to they've got to get in rhythm as quickly as possible. Mm-hmm. And that much like the Mets, it, it's all going to come down to the Yankees pitching. That's what, that's what it's going to come down to. I, uh, I, I do concur. I do concur. Let's, uh, let's talk uh, about the uh, Blue Jays for a second and some of the moves that they made and uh, where they stand amongst the other teams in the East. They've got a great lineup. Yeah. They're young. They're kind of fun to watch. Um, I think Bichette is going to have a breakout year, even though he's already had kind of a breakout year. Mm-hmm. You know, Springer's hurt. Um They've got they've got a bunch of new players. We'll see how they gel, but they've got nothing to lose. Yeah. That's the thing. They've got nothing to lose. There's no pressure on them. They're going to be this year's Tampa Bay Rays if their pitching can 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 pitch much. Like the Rays just seem like anybody they put on the mound gave them innings. Right. The Blue Jays, the Yankees have question marks at, at pitching. I think the Blue Jays have more. Well, and, yeah. I mean, they're, they're right now they're they're starting their second. Uh, the number two pitcher uh, wasn't was in the Mets bullpen last year for more of the, most of the season, so um, and Stephen Matz. But I think they're going to score runs. Yeah, I no, they're going to score, score runs. runs. <laughs> they're they're going to score plenty of runs. They're going to score runs. You know what? I mean, that's 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 where it's headed, right? I mean, <laughs> you know, you you got to have good starting pitching, the, but if you don't, you, you got to score a lot of runs. Right? You, know? you think the Astros put up numbers a few years back? Yeah. This team's yeah. going to do it. Go. I think they're going to. I think they're going to win the division. Okay. I think injuries are going to be a problem for the Yankees, and and that youth. I, I I agree with everything you guys said about the pitching staff, but I think that youth is going to help Toronto stay on the field and and help them keep scoring runs. I think they're going to edge out the Yankees. Fair enough. Fair enough. Um, Red Sox things that they've done to uh, to um, increase their. Uh, what did they do? I think I think I it's just a ma- I just think they didn't really do much in the offseason, but I think they'll be better than they were last year. I think they'll be a 500 team. Right. And I think that they'll give you some tough series where you're like, ah, how did we just lose two out of three to the Red Sox? Sure. Um So, they got I mean they got they went out and got Kiki Hernandez, right? right. Um they still got uh, JD Martinez is still there. He's, you know, DH and Xander Bogarts. Um, they still have dangerous guys in the lineup. They have. Yeah, it's just that their lineup is not as deep as it was, obviously, when Mookie was there. And uh, they're, yeah, they've they're got able, less, you, less pieces that can kind of come pitching, together and, and make pitching, for a dangerous lineup. They, they didn't make spots, a, they didn't make a lot of moves. To, they to did make a lot their of moves. pitching staff. No. Yeah. And I I think Tampa's still a better team than Boston. Avaldi hmm. um, is their number one. Is their ace. And, oh, yeah, uh, well, they're right. They're projected. Uh, who was going to start for them? Who was going to be their opening day for Boston? He got hurt. Uh, Mike Torres. I, I don't know. I forget his name. But yeah, but of all these, once again, getting the start on opening he's day. He's getting the start on opening day. Yeah, exactly. But he was not no, the and, planned opening uh, day and, starter. And, but. and Mr. O, Adam Onovino, is their uh, closer. So, um, yeah. Uh, Which, I mean, watch. He'll have, probably have a back, back, bounce back season. Yeah. yeah. So. Um, and then, and we'll, uh, 
the Rays, I think we're all in agreement that the Rays are, are dropping off. I don't think they're going away. They're not falling out of the – To never the underestimate them. They are the Oakland A's of the American League East. Uh, they're – I would not be surprised if they're right on the heels of Toronto. I would yeah. not be surprised. Wouldn't shock you? No. All right. We'll see what happens with that. And uh, and they seem to have the Yankees number. That's what concerns me in that division. Is last year they had the Yankees number. Bam. Yeah. They always they, yeah. they yeah they they definitely had it last year. That's for sure. But they did lose a lot of the pieces. I understand. That helped them have the Yankees number. I understand. So. But uh, we'll, uh, but we'll see what happens. Yeah, sometimes that, that kind of lingering confidence or mindset, though, can, yeah. can make up for a lot. Some teams just match up well against others. This is true. Uh, and speaking of the Orioles, um, how do we feel about Mr. Matt Harvey being the number two pitcher for the Orioles? It tells you everything you need to know. American League Central. <laughs> there you go. All right, let's get the, uh, let's get the numbers, though. Um, Harry, you said you are taking Yankees and 97? Yeah, I'll go 97. I, I might have said 98 or 96 last week, but I, I'll, I think 97. I, look, they, I think they're going to need to win 97 games. All right. Uh, Radio Pete? I'll say uh, Blue Jays 96. All right. And I think the Yankees will be right there, and I think the Rays will be right behind them, or they might flip-flop, but I think it's going to be very close. I'm saying Yankees 96. That's where I'm at. Um, all right, NL Central. NL, AL Central. Uh, kick it off with the Indians. Uh, are they boss? the Indians? The, uh, well, at the moment, they're the Indians. They didn't take their name away. They didn't do a Washington. Oh, they didn't. Did. Okay. They're, they're, so they're, changing, not the Cleveland... they're in the process of changing their name. The they're not going to the Cleveland team. They're not going to rename. They're not going to be the Cleveland Baseballers. They're, you know, or the Cleveland you baseball know Harry, I, I think we They have will a... remain the Indians until they have a new name. I think yeah. we have a compromise solution, Harry. What's I think that? the Steaman Indians. The Steaman Indians. I think the problem with the name was not the Cleveland part. I think it was the Indian part. How about the, oh, how about the Steam Indians? Yeah. The Steam Indians. Look, I, I, I still think Cleveland's got the Steam Indians, but still Steam has Indians. a hell of a pitching staff. It's just they don't they're not gonna score as many runs. They have a hell of a pitching staff. I mean Shane Bieber is, is I think they I think out, the, but I think if if the White Sox and the I think it's gonna be the White Sox twins Indians. Jumping right to the predictions. Not even yeah, talking I, about that. No, <laughs> no I, I agree. I think he's he's dead on. Uh the uh, yeah, I mean they got a lot of they got Rosar they got Eddie Rosario from uh, uh, they got two Rosarios on the team now. <laughs> no, they, there's no rule you can you could have the whole starting lineup of Rosarios. Uh, there you go. And you could have Rosario Dawson pitching. <laughs> yeah, you know, I, she is. She slated in for the fourth spot right here. You, you know, go. I think yeah. uh, one year, many years ago, I I um, one of the old school baseball games you can draft, and I think I drafted an entire team of Johnsons. <laughs> that, wasn't the... that wasn't baseball. That wasn't baseball. That was something else. Uh, that was oh, your yeah, Tinder... you're right. That was your Tinder profile. Never mind. That was something different. That was a hell of a team. You uh, were swiping right on every Johnson. Those are some great. Johnson. Those are some great Johnsons. I'll tell you, Johnson, well, okay. Johnson, and Johnson, Johnson and Johnson, and Johnson and Johnson and Johnson, and another four after that, Johnson, uh, Doctor. Anyway, um, yeah, I I think they have a I think they have a decent team. I, I think they're the uh, the team to beat. But um, just to just to look at a couple others, Tigers, eh, you know, I mean, what yep. do you? Uh, 
<laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, they're from 60, Detroit. 60, 65 wins. 60, 65, yeah. I think exactly. the Royals will win 75. I think the Indians will be hovering around 500, maybe a little bit above. And I think the White Sox win the division with maybe 92 wins, 93 See, I'm wins. I'm not convinced the White Sox are going to win. I think it's going to be a close race, but I think the Twins are going to pull it out. I think the Twins are going to win. I think so, I think it'll be within a game and a half to two games between the Twins and the White Sox. I really do. I, I do. I, I do, too. Uh, I think they're. I think at the end of the season they're going to be a game and a half ahead. I think if a, anybody in this division wins ninety four games, they win the division. No problem. Uh, I would. I would. I would uh, venture to say. I, I think ninety wins right. might win you this division. Yeah, I mean the the, the Twins have a great lineup. They have a decent rotation, uh, and um, yeah, I, I I think and the, the White Sox do too. Though you're you're absolutely right. I mean those two teams are going to be neck and neck. They're going to be fighting it out all year. So on that note. You're uh, you're you're going with the uh, the White Sox and how many games? Me? Yeah, Harry. I'm gonna go a little high. Just uh, I, I think White Sox 92, not 91, 92, something like that. 92. Let's give it 92. All right, Pete. Yeah, that's exactly what I was gonna say. White Sox and 92. I think they just right. edge the Twins. I'm uh, I'm going the opposite way. I think the Twins edge out the. Uh... I think the Twins has out the White Sox, and they win 93 games. That's where I'm at. So, All right, brings us out west. Astros, Rangers, Mariners, Angels, and Athletics. Uh, Radio Pete, you start us off with this one. Where are you? Uh, where? How do you feel about the uh, them Astros? Well, the Astros are still kind of the Astros. Yeah. Yeah, um, actually, still... I heard today. I think the um, they did the top twenty jersey sales, and Altuve I think is in the top fifteen. So, was he? I guess at least some people are getting over the whole cheating thing. Yeah, everybody in Houston. It's a big <laughs> city, those... yeah, but but they'd all have to be buying jerseys. Yeah, well, no, it was James Harden <laughs> when he left. He bought an Altuve jersey for everybody in Houston. That's why. They... Well, that's maybe what he... that was it. All the people that, that were a... going to buy Harden jerseys. So, well, I guess. I'll buy, Screw I'll it up by an jersey. Yeah, exactly. Uh, this is a tough division. There's every, you know, everybody's hyping the the Angels. I don't know. You know what? Everybody hypes the Angels every and, year. Every year, and yeah, what do they do every it's year? It's been a long time since <laughs> they were worthy of that hype, and right. I, I kind of like don't... Oakland. I, I do too. Why. Yeah, I really they, like even Oakland. though I don't know why, but they're, they're, they're just not, they're Oakland. Lost. Every year they lose all these. They build up this great team out of nowhere. And then they lose them, the free agency, and then they do it again. I still think the Astros are going to win the division. All right. Um, so let's go there right now. You're uh, yeah. you're saying Astros and what? 90. 90. There you go. Astros and 90. Uh, Radio Pete. Oh, man. It's hard, to, it's hard to go against the Astros. Is it now? Well... No, it's 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 easier than it should be because they're the Astros, and even I don't like them. I'm going to say uh, Oakland and yeah, right. and I hope so. Oakland and eighty nine. Oakland and eighty nine. All right. Well, you uh, at least you're with me on that one. Oakland and Oakland and ninety one. Ooh. Oakland and ninety one. That's where I'm at. So there you go. So. Uh, which means the Angels will finally win the division this Which year. Which means the Angels will win the division this year. Absolutely. Uh, <laughs> yeah. no, the, Ranger, the Rangers will win. Angels will win. Like, oh, Johnny will, will be a 20-game winner and hit 450. Uh, listen, he's... The Mariners uh, he's, will come out of nowhere and take the division. 
It's all um, speculation with uh, Otani, but he's a he's a dark horse MVP right now. If you subscribe to those sort of prognostics, you imagine if Otani wins the MVP what, and I, I'll just Trout say doesn't... this. I'll just say this. Wouldn't it be cool to see Otani do, uh, you know, some version of what we're all kind of hoping that he could do? He doesn't have to be a twenty game winner, but wouldn't it be great if he came out and had a really nice season pitching and was able to 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 knock the ball around too? I think it'd be just great to just witness that, just see yeah. a player do that. I think it'd be wonderful. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, 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 I don't think it'll happen, but I, I sort of think that he is the uh, Porzingis of baseball. Well, he's he's <laughs> he's the uh, he's he's uh, you know DH and uh, DH and for the uh, for the opening day uh, game. So uh, that's uh, interesting. So. Yeah, I, I, I think I think the A's actually get over the hump and uh and win the uh, win the division this year. So all right, let's uh let's recap. Uh and at least Pat excuse me, uh Harry <laughs> says uh Braves ninety six games, Pete uh Braves ninety seven games, myself, Mets ninety five games. National League Central, uh Harry says uh Cleveland eighty five games. Uh, Pete says Cleveland 84 games. I say Cleveland 87 games. We're all in agreement on that division. Uh, NL West, uh, Harry, uh, Dodgers 101. Pete, Padres 99. Myself, Dodgers 102. AL East, uh, Yan- um, Harry says Yankees 97. Pete says Blue Jays uh, 96. I say Yankees 96. AL Central, Harry, White Sox 92. Pete, White Sox 92, myself, Twins 93, and uh, AL West, Harry, uh, Astros 90, Pete, A's 89, myself, A's 91. There you go. And that'll do it uh, for our preview show. Of, oh, wait, uh, we, fl- we forgot to flip a coin. I, uh, <laughs> <laughs> no, there's nothing in our contract that says we have to do that. Let's flip a coin. Oh, God. Let's flip no. a coin. Let's flip. No, there's too many flips. No, 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 no. We'll flip a coin. We'll flip a coin for the ones that uh, two of us like one team and one of us like the other. We'll flip a coin for those. All right. Why the? You can do that off the air, though. We'll do it off. <laughs> okay. It's yeah, only okay. three. It's only two. Three. Okay. It's only right, three. Come on, let's do. All right. All right. Well, and at least it's either Braves or the Mets. So heads, heads will be Mets. Okay. Tails will be Braves. All right. Tails, Braves. Braves and NL Central. We all agree Cleveland, so it doesn't matter. Uh, NL West, uh, we're Dodgers or Padres. So Dodgers are uh, heads. Dodgers are heads. Yeah. Tails. Padres. Padres. Oh, crap. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, a then we were at the AL East. Uh, Yankees and Blue Jays. Yankees, Yankees are, are heads. heads. Heads, Yankees. There you go. All right. And uh, didn't even cue up the beaten by the coin music, so we're not going to nah. worry about that anyway. No one's going to be beaten by the coin in this. I know. AL Central, uh, White Sox, uh, and uh, Twins. So White Sox are heads. Heads. White Sox. White Sox. And... AL West, uh, Dodgers. I'm sorry, uh, Astros and uh, A's. Astros can be heads. Astros are heads. 
And it comes up tails. There Me and the go. coin. All right. There you go. There we put go. A little, so. Put a little baseball beaten by the coin in there. So we'll see how that pans out when we get to the end of September. We'll so, check back with you in six we'll, months, folks. We'll check back with you then. There you go. Till so then, have a great weekend, and we'll see you in <laughs> six months. Actually, it's actually it's almost seven. It's almost just about seven months. Actually, see you in seven months. See you, see you in September. Yeah. yeah um, all right. A couple other things before we get to our top ten list. Um, which I'm going to call it. The Mets obviously are starting their home opener away. Uh, Degrom they're is, starting their home opener away. I'm doing I'm doing the Yogiism. Come on, <laughs> they're starting their home opener away. Uh, they're uh, they're opening day away uh, against the Nationals uh, tomorrow night, seven ten. Degrom versus Scherzer. Degrom, he's the fourth Met to start a third straight opening day. Uh, uh, please forgive me. I did not. I can only tell you that. I can assume Seaver is one of them. Gooden is another. And who do we think is the fourth? He didn't. Did you just say he's the third to do it? He's the fourth. To, fourth. fourth Met to start a third straight opening day. Um, it's a good question. So, what do you? Uh, well, uh, Harry Ponders. What do you think there, uh, Pete? Well, I don't know the Mets. Uh... Neither, that's the problem. Neither do I. <laughs> Who's the guy from back in the day? <laughs> oh, him. Right. You know who I'm talking about. Ah, crap. His name is, is escaping me. His name is escaping me. Uh, Kuzman? Kuzman? J- Jerry Kuzman? Could be Jerry Kuzman. Jerry Kuzman, maybe? Uh, you're, you, are, you are wrong. It's not Jerry Kuzman. Bobby Ojeda? Uh, uh, nope, nope, not Bobby Ojeda. Okay. Where are we here? Uh, I just got to find my uh, list here. Where the hell did it go? Wait, do you know who it is? Or are you just Yeah, no, I know, I know who it is. I know, I know who it is. I'm just getting <laughs> back to the... you probably the, right either way, but... I'm getting back to the... Uh, <laughs> uh, there we go. Um, there we go. I got it. Bartolo... None. Well, it's Tom, it's Tom Seaver, Dwight Gooden, and who's the who's the other who's the uh, fourth behind uh, not behind uh, with Degrom, Seaver, and Gooden. All right, you want a hint? No, give me one second. Wasn't Ojeda? Wasn't Darling? Wasn't Jerry Kuzman? Do you I don't. Give you uh... give you a second while you search. I think it's going to be somebody who uh, Tom Glavin. Not Tom Glavin. Did he also pitch for the Yankees? Nope. Later nope. in his career, no. Nope. His last team he ever pitched for was the Mets. Wasn't Bartolo? Nope. And this is the most opening day starts. Most opening day in in, in a row. Third, three in a row. Three in a row. Um, so there's four guys that had three in a row. Four guys uh, had. Th- Open uh, pitched uh, three okay. straight opening days. So Degrom is the th- the fourth to do it as of tomorrow. I don't know. Uh, he has is, one. He has one other very big distinction as a Mets pitcher. Only one to do it. Santana. You know, Johan Santana pitched three in a row. Yes, he did. 
Silence. Wow. Mm, I, I forgot about you Santana. know for some reason I didn't. How how many years did he pitch for the Mets? Six, five, five seven, oh, eight, I, nine. For some reason, six. I for some reason I I only picture him as like having three seasons with the Mets. I don't know why. No, he was there for he was there for a while. Yeah, he was there, I mean he wasn't there for you know eight ten years, but he was no, there no, for but five uh, or six more than, years he played. Yeah. yeah, twice as long as what I thought. Yeah, yeah, yeah so I didn't so. I didn't think about him at first. So you're telling me that Seaver, Tom Seaver, had 11 opening day starts for the Mets, but he only did it. He never did more than three in a row. Well, no, I mean he. Tom Seaver actually. Oh, where's his record? Uh, Tom ten Seaver, in a row. <laughs> uh, did, yeah, it's had ten in a row. Sixty-eight to seventy-seven. He was the opening day starter, um, and uh, Dwight Gooden uh, did three in a row. Uh, okay, uh, four in a row. Uh, Eighty-eight, eighty-nine, ninety, ninety-one. Dwight Gooden did four in a row. Um, you know, Santana just had the three. So, the three and um, he's the fourth to do three in a row. It doesn't mean the other yeah. ones stopped after three. It just gotcha. Means, yeah, I got you. I got you. I got you. So there you go. Yeah, see, red ten in a row. And so, so he'll be the fourth Mets pitcher to make three or more opening days. Three or more opening day starts. Yeah, and then next year he'll probably be the third Mets pitcher to make four or more or more uh, yeah. opening day starts. But in any event. Um. All right. Um, I got to ask you this really quick. Uh, who has more on the line this uh, this season, uh, Luis Ross or Aaron Boone? Right. Rojas Boone. obviously Boone to make to win the World Series. Rojas not to win the World Series, just to get to the playoffs and do well or whatever. But um, that's not going to be a bust like it would be for Aaron Boone. But who has more on the line? I would like – I would hope it's Boone. I don't think it is, though, because I think the Yankees are set with him. But I think Boone has more on the line. Uh, Pete? Yeah. Uh, no, I think it – I don't know. I mean, Boone is just going to follow the sabermetrics. You know, he's going to he's gonna do what he's supposed to do. It's almost not right. his fault if it doesn't work out, right? You're going by mm. the numbers. His decisions with the pitching staff has been questionable. Yeah, that's kind of Yeah, that's sort of been his Achilles heel. And the other thing I can't stand about Aaron Boone is he never has a consistent lineup. It's he's always changing it, and I don't think that's a recipe for success. Always tweaking it, always tinkering with it. I, I understand when you have to, and he's lucky he's got guys like Lemayhu and Torres who can hit. You know, we're in in various spots, but I think you got to lock these guys into a, into a, a lineup. I do. Yeah. And, and you got to stick with it. It's less about changing the lineup and less of, and more about changing the guys in the lineup. Gotcha. Don't juggle it around to try to save somebody who's hitting one ninety three. Yeah, I would. But, but I would Rojas, have... I mean, you think they're going to want him around for? They're going to give him some time, right? Well, yeah. here's, I mean, it's a team take. that's that's been built to win, obviously, but. Unless here's he's glaringly terrible. Unless they suck it up and he just starts making really bad personnel decisions and the team turns on him, which I don't see any of that happening. No, he's, I, he's I mean, I, I don't think he could do any wrong. Here's my take on it. Here's my take on it. Uh, I think Aaron Boone, uh, even though it's a World Series championship or bust for the Yankees and it's not that for the Mets, I think uh, Rojas is more on the hot seat. And that reason, and that reason is this. Um, Boone is is um you know he, he's comfortable and i don't mean him personally i mean cashman steinbrenner they're comfortable with him um and uh rojas neither steve cohen or sandy alderson 
picked him to be the manager yeah. of the team. So he's not yeah. their guy. He was, so they'll give him this year if he if he exceeds if he succeeds to the point where they expect this team to get to gets to the playoffs, hopefully wins the division. If not, gets a wild card because they only missed the division by a game or two and wins and does well in the playoffs. Maybe he doesn't make the World Series. If that happens, yeah, he's sticking around. But it, short of that, otherwise they go. No, he wasn't bye-bye. the guy we wanted, and he's he like, wasn't yeah, our guy. Goodbye. There's That's not that many great thinking, managers though. out there, though. But yeah, you're right. Aaron Boone is kind of like the Eric Spolstra of uh, <laughs> of, of Major League Baseball. I, I just I don't only without I, the look, wins, without yeah, the yeah. without the championships. Yeah, yeah. Um, I, you're talking to somebody who never wanted the Yankees to get rid of Girardi. Having said that, it's a different year. It's a different game. It's a different type of player. You got to You got to baby these guys a little bit more and somehow motivate them. I guess in different ways. I don't know. I, I I don't think Boone – I think forever the Yankees have always had an advantage based on who their skipper was for years and years and years, whether it was Joe Torre or Joe Girardi. I don't always think that now. I right. don't. Especially when it comes to playoff pitching. Right. And you need a wizard to make this Yankees pitching staff work. You need. Well, let me, let me ask you guys this. What is – what is more of a factor here, um, to a to a greater degree, is what I mean. Uh, Aaron Boone's ability to <clears throat> screw things up with lousy bullpen moves and an inconsistent lineup, or uh, Rojas's ability to have a positive effect on this team and win. In other words, is, is this team just going to do what they're going to do, almost regardless of what he does? I mean, not completely regardless, but. Does he is he can he have more of an impact in a positive way on the Mets can, than can perhaps Aaron Boone can, can have a negative way in the Yankees? I think I think Boone, no matter what, always has the attention of his players in the clubhouse. And I think he's been a little bit better for some of these guys who need a more delicate hand. I don't know if Rojas has the clubhouse. I don't know if he has you know, I think I think it's going to be a mute. It's more of a mutual thing with the Mets. If the Mets start winning, then I think his value and his leadership maybe grows. If they don't, then I, I, I don't. I think there's. I think it's it's less secure. He'll get more but, blame if they're not winning than I think he'll get credit I, if they do. Right? If they, they win, are, it's, well, this is the team that was built, and really, we yeah. can almost have anybody kind of manage them. But if they lose, they'll go, well, Rojas isn't getting the most out of these guys. But Potentially. I I don't think there's as much pressure on him, though. I don't think there's as much expectation. I think that – and I do think that he's going to be a pretty good game manager. Um, I don't know the ins and outs of what's going on in that clubhouse. They have a lot of new faces. We'll see. I don't know. We will see. We'll see. Um, On that note, the – where where did I have the – couple of predictions preseason uh, before the season, I should say, uh, prior to the season uh, predictions as far as uh, um, some voting goes as far as uh, awards after the season. Um, you know, experts have predicted uh, these at the moment. Who these experts are, I really couldn't tell you. I just see the list here. Uh, the American... <laughs> it's not us. Exactly. It's not us. It's, uh, we, 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 don't, we can discount it right there. But uh, American Lee, see if you agree or disagree. American League MVP, Mike Trout. No. Who cares? All right. (laughs) (laughs) I wanted to say that, but I felt obligated Uh, to answer. um, uh, American League Cy Young uh, winner, Garrett Cole. God. 
I hope so. I hope so. There's a lot of pressure on Cole. There's a lot of pressure on Cole. Uh, American League Rookie of the Year, Randy Rosarina. Sure, why not? I don't know enough. I don't know enough to make that. He looked pretty good in the World Series. Yeah. Yeah. So is he really a rookie? (laughs) Well, he came in in the middle of the season, so he's not. You know, it's it's like you know, if this is Te- rookie, technically full rookie year, yeah, yeah. According uh, to technically, the... he's gonna play the whole season last year, and this is still gonna be his full rookie year, right, right, right. You know, uh, so um, American League Manager of the Year, Charlie Montoya, which would lead to you know, uh, um, Pete's uh, Blue Jays uh, winning the division. Um, National League MVP, Juan Soto. Good chance. Yeah, I think uh, so. Yeah, maybe. If you had, to, if I had to put money down, he'd probably be the first guy. He would be. He'd, he'd be maybe, the Acuna yeah. uh, Junior, Fernando Tatis, Mookie Betts. Uh, yeah, I don't know. It it it, it could be any of them. Juan Soto's. He, he's he's good though. Francisco Lindor. Yeah, I would hope it be Lindor. <laughs> um, National League Cy Young Award winner. I think it's going to be Chris. I, I think yeah. I I think Corey Seager could win them the. MVP. Uh, yeah, it could be. Um, uh, Cy Young, National League Cy Young, Jake DeGrom. That'd be great, right? Yeah. yeah. I mean, that, uh, with, with, with the exception of the uh, with the exception of the Bauer outage last year, he could have been going for his fourth in a row. Well, and look, uh, yeah. they, they, they should actually be able to score some runs for him this year, too. So they, that that's a you know, good that was, maybe he'll win more than of, 10. maybe of, he'll win yeah. the 20 games that he should have won right. I, I, I think Bueller's going to have I think Bueller's going to give him a run for his money I really do Bueller yeah. Bueller yeah. Bueller's going to Bueller Darvish may even win a few uh, Bueller. Uh, extra games there too. and and I think Scherzer's going to have a bounce back year but I don't I don't think he's going to have as good a year as DeGrom I don't think he's going to I don't think Scherzer's going to be pitching as good as DeGrom is DeGrom's going to yeah, be DeGrom I, Bueller maybe Darvish those are my top 3 but for that yeah, Scherzer uh, may wear down a little bit. He's yeah. he's still I don't know how old he is, but I know he's not young anymore. Right. Uh National League Rookie of the Year, Cabrian Hayes from Ooh. the Pirates. I don't know enough about him. That's what it says. So Cabrian Hayes, I can't I can't speak to that uh whether a good thing or not. <laughs> so and uh National League Manager of the Year, Jace Tingler. What a great name, right? That's a great. Only name, only so. in only in San Diego could your manager be named Jace, Jace Tingler. Tingler. <laughs> uh, he's uh, he's Dirk Diggler's brother, right? He's yeah. Dirk Diggler's. He's Dirk cousin. They're cousin. Tingler and Diggler. Tingler and Diggler. <laughs> Tingler and Diggler. Uh, they, for uh, all your for all your accounting needs, <laughs> let our dangling participles make your tax return better than ever. Tingler and Diggler. Uh, Dirk and Jace. Anyway, <laughs> we uh, guarantee Tro- you'll leave feeling happy. Rojas did receive right behind uh, um, Chase Tingler as far as votes go yeah. um, for the uh, uh, from the uh, experts, nat- from the experts, whoever they may be. So, uh, yeah. Anyway, and just as a uh, just as an aside, it's the uh, uh, Rojas is plus six fifty to win manager National League Manager of the Year, and Aaron Boone is. Uh, plus five hundred uh, to win. Um, well, I'm going to call my bookie. National League manager. Yeah, where is it? Yeah, here it is. Uh, now five plus five hundred. Aaron Boone is plus five hundred. 
So you know, Shane Chase, Jace Diggler can have manager of the year if the Yankees win a World Series. Then I'm okay with that. There you go. Chase, 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 Dirk Tingler, 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 the Tingler, Tingler Bradford, the Tingler comes out to the mound and pulls his pulls Tingler. He's yanking Tingler out. He's bringing him out. Kids and needles as he's he's dangling at the top. Dangling is participle. And winning the National League Manager of the Year, so there you go. Look, right. I think the Padres have the biggest potential to be the big, the, to be the underachiever of the year. This you know year. what? Yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah, that's, that's possible that's too. A good point. Uh, if they if they lose a lot of their in, uh, interdivision games to uh, to the Dodgers, uh, they could. I mean, uh, it, it, there could be some slumps that are started. There hasn't been this. There hasn't been this many expectations on the Padres since Tony Gwynn played for them. I mean, really, honestly, there hasn't. Nope. So uh, we'll see. We'll see when the lights are shining a little brighter, how all of these guys start to uh, gel. Well, they haven't made a World Series since what? Since the Yankees beat them in what, 98? Was it 98, 97, 98? Yeah, 98. Yeah, Yankees by 96, 98, 99. uh, Marlins won in 97. Marlins beat the Indians in 97. Um, There you go. There you go. All right. Well, why don't we get keep, to keep it classy, San Diego? Keep it classy, San Diego. All right. Good luck to all the teams out there uh, and all the fans out there. No, not all the teams. Fuck some of them. Uh, you know what? I'm just being nice the day before <laughs> opening day. Tomorrow, tomorrow the gloves come off. Fuck the Red Sox. <laughs> <laughs> anyway. All right. Let's move on to our top 10 list. Top the, 10 the, list this the week. Quote, the quote Ron Burgundy. Please do. Go fuck yourself, San Diego. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, there you go. And to quote Ron Burgundy, milk was a bad choice. Yeah. <laughs> on such a hot day. <laughs> on such a hot day. <laughs> uh, I love alrighty. Lamp. I love Lamp. Top 10. Right. This is... Um, Top 10 opening day, MLB yeah. opening day performances. Top 10 Major League Baseball opening day performances. We got, we got, a, we got a top 13 for our top 10. This is a tough one. It was yeah, a tough was one. Surprisingly difficult. We was it was difficult, but we were in agreement with a lot. Uh, so and it, yeah. it kind of worked out. So uh, I will. We got no pictures because to to get pictures of the actual game that these players played in, we need uh, a time so, machine. Yeah, it would. Yeah, it would be impossible. So uh, we just got the uh, we just got the names up. So I'll, I'll read like we've been doing, and uh, you guys can take it from there. Number 10B we'll start off with, and that would be Mr. Bob Gibson. Bob Gibson, uh, the game in question would be the Cardinals versus Giants game in 1967. Harry, you want to elaborate? Do I want to? Yes. Give me one, sis. Uh, Yeah, 1967. Nine inning pitch, five hits, zero runs. Uh, Cardinals won 6 nothing. Uh, look, this is – he had pitched – this was his ninth straight – year starting uh, pitching on opening day for the Cardinals. Uh, he pitched against Juan Marichal, another Hall of Famer, and uh, he he became one of only eight pitchers to strike out at least 13 in the season opener. And um, he racked up – It's it, you know, Gibson was ready. He was, he's one of the best pitchers of all time, and this is probably his, his most dominant opening day. Yeah, he, he struck out the first five batters he faced, which included Willie Mays and Willie McCovey. So um, he's still only one of two pitchers to strike out at least a dozen in an opening day shutout. 
So there you go, Mr. Bob Gibson. Number 10B. Number 10, yeah. 10B. 10D. 10B. (laughs) Bob Gibson. All right. Number 10A is none other than Mr. Craig Biggio. And the game in question would be the Astros versus the Brewers in 2001, opening day. Um, Radio Pete, you want to take this one? Five for five, and a couple of runs scored. Didn't drive any in, but uh, when you go to the plate, it really doesn't matter what day it is, but also especially on opening day, I think, it carries a little weight, and you, you hit the ball safely five times, that's an accomplishment. That is for sure. That is definitely an accomplishment. And, and they got the win, I think it was – Eleven to two or something was the score. So I believe you're right. Yeah. Uh, again, you know, didn't, they, drive, didn't drive in any runs, didn't hit any home runs, but you know, to quote another, uh, to quote the great Brian Fantana, they've done studies. You know, and sixty percent of the time, it works every time. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I always thought that would have been a yogiism too. Uh, nine out of ten times, it works every time. <laughs> There you go. That would have been a yogiism. Anyway. Yeah. All right. Number 10A, Craig Biggio. All right. That brings us to number nine. Number nine, Pudge. The original Pudge, Carlton Fisk. Uh, the Red Sox versus the Yankees, 1973, opening day. Uh, Harry, you. Uh... Uh, four for five, a double, two home runs, four runs, six RBIs. And um, look, just clutch as always. I, what else are you going to say? Yeah. A 15 to five route. He took both Mel Stoudemire and Lindy McDaniels deep. And uh, he's driven in he, it, it, this game. He's driven in more runs on an opening day performance than any catcher in the history of the game, if I'm not mistaken. So. Did you say six RBIs? You did. Yeah, six kind of RBIs, yeah. four runs scored, four for five. You know, take that. Crazy Craig game. Did you. Crazy good game for uh, for Pudge Fisk there. Um, so there you go. Number nine, Carlton Pudge Fisk. There we go. Number eight is Mr. Raul Mondesi. What a and great name. Raul Mondesi, absolutely. And game so, in question. Game in question was the Dodgers versus the Diamondbacks, nineteen ninety nine. Uh, which one of you wants to take this one? Uh, I'll take this one, I guess. Uh, Mondesi's always been one of my favorite. He was the uh, the Buffalo, right? Wasn't that his nickname? Uh, Somebody think, that used used to call him the Buffalo, I think. Uh, it could be. It could be. I, I know that. I know Will Wilson Ramos, Wilson Ramos was the Buffalo too, but uh, he might have just taken it from Raul Mondesi. So maybe, maybe. Uh, just like, anyway, uh, just like just like Pudge Rodriguez took Pudge oh, from yeah, Fisk. I don't know, maybe I haven't confused with somebody else. But anyway, Raul Mondesi, a great name, always one of my favorite players. And uh, we're talking about uh, 1999, uh, his time with the Dodgers. Not five for five, but pretty close. Four for five, two home runs. He had a walk in there, six RBIs, and the Dodgers with an 8-6 win. Uh, And I think one of his home runs tied the game, and another one um, was the uh, walk-off. First home run tied it in the ninth. Yeah, first then, home run tied in the ninth, and then uh, two three innings run later, uh, two outs and one on, and he went uh, uh, deep for the two run homer, the two run walk off homer. So that's Raul. really what makes this a performance. Clutch, uh, clutch, 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 clutch hitting, clutch hitting. Raul walk off Mondesi. Raul walk off Mondesi. There you go. That would be our number eight. Number seven is Mr. Kirk Gibson. Uh, there he is. Uh, 
Game in question, uh, opening day for Tigers versus Red Sox in 1986. Harry? Four for four, two home runs, five RBIs. The Tigers beat the Red Sox six to five. And, uh, you know, he hit he singled in his first two at-bats, driving in a run. Gibson, Gibson mashed a go-ahead two-run homer off Boston's Bruce Hurst in the fifth inning. And uh, after the Red Sox moved back in front, Gibson lost another two-run shot in the seventh to give the Tigers the lead and the win. Uh, Kirk Gibson, you know, he had, he had, I remember another home run that he hit that was pretty uh, memorable. Yeah, I think so. Yeah, that was a pretty good one. <laughs> yeah, that was kind of a video game game for him. Oh, you're going to score runs? Oh, I'll get a couple of run homer. Right. Now we're back in front. Oh, you're going to go back in front? Uh, here's another two run homer, and, and that'll, that'll, that'll win it for us. Yeah, it's one thing to go four for four and hit a couple home runs. It's another thing to do it like Mondesi and Gibson, where it's like, okay, these really mean something. Right. Yeah. 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 We're behind, now we're ahead. We're behind, now we're ahead. And it's the same guy doing it over and over. Exactly. Right. That's good stuff. Great stuff. There you go. Number uh, number seven, Carlton. I'm sorry, not Carlton. Kirk. Kirk Gibson. Not Carlton Gibson. And changed his name for him. That's his middle name. Kirk Gibson. No pictures this, year, this week. No, huh? no pictures. I just said it before. Been, to find the actual pictures of those opening days. No, I'm, I'm just joking. It would have been a pain in the ass. So anyway. All right. That brings us to number six C. We have a three-way oh, tie for six. Oh boy! <laughs> and they actually—they're actually related. They're all related. I know it's they are. Yeah. Oh, so is this the, okay? People that hit three home runs in one game. Three home runs in one game. Six C is Tuffy Rhodes. Game in question: Cubs versus the Mets in nineteen ninety-four. <laughs> who uh, who wants this? The one that the one that's upset or the one that's laughing about it? <laughs> <laughs> I mean. Uh, this was really. <laughs> yeah, the Mets had a couple really great years, and then it just started to slide again. This is start, typical. You, you start the season off with all the hope and optimism, and Tuffy Rhodes, who I think had twelve home runs in his whole career, hits three home runs in one game. Yeah, to beat you. Yeah, this, this, this that, is a that, very, a very all off of Dwight of Gooden. He hit all three of them off Dwight Gooden. Yes, that's he did. just crazy. I mean, yeah, he made yeah. Bob. He made Bob Chicken Stanley seem like a home run hitter. I this mean, is kind of the uh, the uh, Timmy Smith, right? Baseball equivalent, you know, right. one great moment, and of one course, it was against my team. Mm -hmm. uh, he actually uh, tough. He went to Japan, and right, he had a bit of a career in Japan. I think I believe he did. He has a name for it. Tuffy Rose he retired. Tuffy Rose. <laughs> uh, you know what? Oh, yeah, let's, great let's, name, let's... but. Let's be fair. The year before, in 1993, the Mets lost 103 games. Okay, sure. And also, uh, Dwight Gooden in 1994 was not Dwight Gooden from 1984. Okay, so no. Yeah, but a bit of a difference still. in the man. So, but still, um, giving up three home runs at Tuffy yeah. Rhodes. Now, of course, two years later, he won a World Series with the Yankees, but that, that's another story for another day. Uh, but anyway, Tuffy yeah, Rhodes. So did, every, so did every other former Met player. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> two years later, yeah. they won with the Yankees. Two years later, they won with the Yankees. I think Gooden was the only one, wasn't he? No, Gooden Strawberry was on that team. Strawberry, that's right. I forgot yeah. about Strawberry. And that's right. Uh, Cone came in a couple years after that. Cone, yeah. Uh, Do you so, think of Cone as more of a Met or a Yankee? I think I think of Gooden and we, Strawberry as Mets. I think of Cone as a Yankee. Well, I don't I know why. He was a Met first, but you think of Cone as a Yankee because he, he got his perfect game with the Yankees and do anything. I just, I just feel like he, yeah. I just feel like he, it was more balanced. I, you know, whereas Strawberry and you know, good. He was good, good but unspectacular with the Mets. Right, but the Yankees. Right. There was a lot of news made. You know, those are those yeah. are big accomplishments. 
when he was pitching all the other all the other pitchers that they were bringing in at the time, right. uh, the Mets, uh, Frank Viola, and all these other and all the other guys, whatever. Mm-hmm. Frank Viola wins a World Series with the Twins and comes to the Mets. Right. You know, so right. uh, there there was a lot of uh, parity yeah. there at that point. So. Yeah. yeah. But, um, anyway, uh, yeah, number six C, Tuffy Rhodes. Uh, let's <laughs> go to Tuffy. At Rhodes. least he was six C. I mean, Tuffy Rhodes. What a great had, name for he, a country singer. Well, he had a tough road to get to being yeah, Tuffy I knew, Rhodes. I knew you were going to. You knew it. I was going to. had to say it at some point. So, right, let's move on to six B. Six B is Dimitri Young. Dimitri Young. Game in question. The where are they now? Yeah, where are they now? Game in question. Tigers versus Royals, two thousand five. Uh, one of you uh, want to uh, take that one? Uh, yeah, he hit three home runs. Three home runs. Uh, yeah. Dimitri Young's, I don't know. This is just a guy I always liked. I don't know why. He was good. He he was a good player, and he just, I don't know, he seemed like a good guy. And Those Tigers teams, too, at that time, seemed like maybe something was finally going to happen again in Detroit. Those were, yeah, they were. And, you know? Uh, yeah, yeah. They had a good, they had a good lineup. He, uh, yeah. Well, he went to the World Series the year after. Yep. Um, right. So, but, uh, Didn't they I have, think, uh, what's uh, his name, center field, too, then? Yeah. Uh, the guy who played for the Yankees and the Mets. Um, yeah, it doesn't matter. Yeah. <laughs> well, who was the Yankees and Mets center fielder? Check that. Three three years ago, Mets center starting center fielder. Five years ago, oh, Yankees Granderson. starting. What's that? Granderson. 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 Yeah. So uh, yeah, yeah, you're right. Yeah, he was he was there. He was there. And um, uh, I think Young had a, a tail end of his career was with Washington. Mm-hmm. And that that's where I kind of noticed him more. Dimitri Young, yeah. and this one didn't, didn't know him when he was on the Tigers. Unlike Tuffy Rhodes, uh, hitting his three home runs off of uh, Mets starting pitcher Dwight Gooden, uh, <laughs> Dimitri Young actually hit his. He had two off of Jose Lima and then one off of Mike McDougal. Right, uh, and, so, and he went and he went four for four with three home runs and five RBIs. Yep. So, uh, and he got hit by a pitch. Yep, yep. There you go. Yeah, he did get hit by a pitch. <laughs> which I think it's, it's just kind of, almost, it, almost a theme here. <laughs> can we just start? Can we just change hit by pitch to I got Don Baylard? Yeah, I got Baylor, yeah. So well, instead of HBP, your, it's DB. Yeah. After you hit your third your third one, then you get Baylor. That's yeah, right. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> you've been Baylor. You've been Boston in football. You've been Baylor. In, I think uh, Don Baylor has the record. I think he got hit like eight, <laughs> eight, eight at-bats in a row or something like that. Something like that. <laughs> anyway. All right. So that's number 6B, Dimitri Young. It's moving on to 6A. 6A is George Bell. George Bell, the game in question. Uh, Blue Jays versus Royals in 1988. Harry? He went deep three times against none other than Brett Saberhagen, including a go-ahead two-run homer in the top of the fourth that sealed the deal for Toronto. Um, He was the first one to do it. Yeah. 88. And Tuffy, even though Tuffy Rhodes sounds like somebody who played in 43, actually did it in 94. And then Dimitri. Tuffy Rhodes sounds like somebody who played in, yeah, like the the 20s, 30s, maybe 40s. Yeah, exactly. um, Tuffy Black Shoes Rhodes. Um, uh, Yeah. I mean, I don't really remember George Bell very much, but three home runs opening day against Brett. If you're hitting three home runs against Brett Saberhagen. Well, if you recall, and Saberhagen uh, was still pretty damn good in 1988. Saberhagen was great in '98. He won, yeah, '88. He, he, he was even 88, better. '88, yeah, '88. <laughs> but uh, if you recall, so if you recall, Brett Saberhagen was great one year and sucked the next. And every like odd year he was yeah. great. Every even year he sucked. So, right. and th- this is '88. So that uh, you know, uh, perfect uh, perfect timing to uh, uh, to suck uh, basically, but. In any event, um, Here, here's my George Bell story, real quick. Go, go for your George so, Bell story. Yeah. 
I don't remember the details, but I went to a Yankee game with a friend of mine uh, who was a Yankee fan. And uh, Bell had a pretty good day at the plate. I think he was two for three and might have hit a home run or drove in a few runs. And then and it was it was kind of a blowout. I think the Yankees were losing by five or six runs. And then late in the game, they brought in some young kid was on the mound. I don't remember. And George Bell struck out. Mm-hmm. From Korea, some some young kid, yeah, some, some young kid, kid. Some and then some kid. young guy, and then from behind me is the epitome of Yankee fans. <laughs> some guy like with a you know cigar nub in his mouth. Hey, George, you got struck out by a rookie pitcher. The guy single handedly beat you in his you know previous three at bats, but he was gonna get his licks in. On George Bell that day, had to get and uh, and we were down close. We had good seats, and Bell just kind of looked up and waved at him and walked into the dugout. You know, like, hey, look at the scoreboard, pal. But uh, it was just such a such a classic moment for me. Just exactly what I pictured. You know, you wife beater, stubble. You know, there on the weekend, some iron worker or something. So, so the only difference is he didn't throw a battery at George Burrow. No, he didn't. He he been, didn't. Or else he would have been a Mets fan. Yeah, he didn't. <laughs> yeah, he didn't throw anything. That only that only happened to. Uh, but John he was Martin, he was uh, listen. He was making the best of a bad situation. Right. right. Yeah. So. It was that was that's Lou from Staten Island. It's Lou from Staten Island. There you go. <laughs> and on another note, with these three, obviously six A, six B, and six C, all of them had in common. They were all uh, three home run hitters in in an opening day game. I'll throw another one in there that did not make our list just just for the point of getting somewhere with this. Matt Davidson actually did it three years ago. Yeah, he did. The but White Sox. To, but, the, but you can't have four guys. It just no, 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 no. I'm just bringing it up for a reason. White Sox versus the Royals. And, uh, three different pitchers actually hit off of three different pitchers uh, in, in 2018. Because, you know, now you're in 2018. So you're uh, you're getting shelled. You got two innings. So you're getting pulled. So every time you sure. face – every time you put right. on a plate, you're facing another pitcher. So – but in any event, um, the reason I bring that up is other than Tuffy Rhodes hitting three off of Gooden uh, in the Cubs versus the Mets, all three of those other guys, Bell, Young, and Davidson, those are the only four guys that have ever hit three home runs on opening day. All three guys hit them when they were play- their team was playing against the Royals. All three of them were against the Royals. So I just wanted to bring that up. Point of uh, interesting Kansas fact, City pride. Interesting fact of the day. So there you go. All right. So number 6A was Juke Bell. We'll move on to number five. Number five is Camilo Pasquale. Uh, game in question, Washington Senators versus the Boston Red Sox in 1960. Uh, you want to take this one, uh, Radio Pete? Uh, this was, uh, what, 15 strikeouts, I think, which is... 15 Still the record for opening day, right? Mm-hmm. And uh, uh, listen, this is a guy that I had never heard of before today, but was quite a pitcher for uh, a reasonable number of years and um, had a fantastic day. I don't know where my – I had the numbers up here somewhere. but I think I have um, an uncle named Camilo Pascual, but I haven't seen him. That you that could, yeah, yeah, could yeah, be. Yeah. He came over that one uh, Thanksgiving. Yeah, that's right. Uh, watching <laughs> football. Uh, yeah. Um, beer with us. Quite a performance and one 15 strikeouts against Ted Williams, uh, you know, Frank Malzone and uh, Pete Runnels. I mean, that's a pretty good game. That's a great game. (laughs) That's a great game. Yeah. Runnels was uh, the batting champion. Batting champion. (laughs) So, uh, yeah, one, one, one hit only. 
and of course against uh, the Red Sox. So anything that happens bad to the Red Sox is, is good. good. There you go. <laughs> and there you have it. And all you Red Sox fans can appreciate what he just said. There you go. So uh, <laughs> yeah, both both of your Red Sox bo- fans, bo- both of your Red Sox fans. Anyway, that might be watching right. the podcast right so, now. So number five, Camilo Pasquale. There we go. And it'll bring us to number four. Number four is Mr. Walter Johnson. Uh, Walter Johnson, the Senators versus the Athletics. Uh, how, did this, how did this drop to number four? Number four, Senators versus Athletics. Uh, why? Where did you have it at? I did number two, but I really it was the best performance, really stat wise. I just had two more memorable, much more. Oh, you, had think, two, you had two number ones. You I had two, number two number ones, ones but yeah. <laughs> but right. I mean, yeah. can I take this one? I mean, Walter Johnson, nineteen twenty six. 15 innings pitch, six hits, zero runs, three walks, nine Ks. Yes, he pitched a 15 inning, one nothing shutout when he was 38 years old. Yeah. After mm-hmm. he had pitched oh, more than 5,000 innings in his career. Mm-hmm. Yeah. He, uh, and, that's, has... and that's, yeah, not even the longest that he had ever pitched, but no. this just happened to be. Yeah, if you look up Walter Johnson opening day, yeah, you will see well, a well, number has, of a number of stat here lines. You here you he go. Has, he it was the nine, last. Right. He has nine shutouts on opening day, Walter. Yeah. Was, and this, this is the last of his fourteen opening day starts, mm-hmm. and he had a hundred and. This is one of his rec, all-time record: one hundred and ten shutouts, and a game that didn't end until a walk-off hit in the fifteenth inning. Yeah, zero zero, yeah. zero zero until that hit. Till that walk off hit, and uh, he also and there was another one. It was uh, uh, it was a three nothing uh, victory over the uh, uh, Athletics in nineteen ten, mm-hmm. uh, sixteen years earlier. But um, anyway, yeah, uh, yeah. And, he, and, uh, uh, in, in, in um... fifteen innings, a complete game, six extra innings, and he gave up six hits, no runs. Yeah, and only he three also walks. had a Nine also had a one nothing uh, third inning game that he won. Yeah, mm-hmm. and only. Yeah, that was against the Phillies in 1919. You know, so yeah. I mean, this is, and supposedly there was. I, I, I thought I saw there was. It wasn't an opening day game, but there was one game he pitched against a knuckleballer whose name escapes me at the moment. Uh, and they each pitched 18 innings. And he, um, they each pitched 18 innings. So two pitchers yeah. for both teams in there the whole game. Two, two pitchers who went eighteen innings, and uh, that's back when bullpens and, had like uh, three players in them. Then they got in once a one. Didn't once have a bullpens. You just finished the fucking game. No, have, <laughs> there's no closer. You're not pitcher today. You're fucking pitching. You're Keep pitcher. going. And that Are you was tired? A, I believe that was. I will try and get a run for you. If you can't, sorry, you got to go back out. Your, your right arm yeah, fall pitch lefty. You only got another couple innings. You can get it. You can get through it. He's uh, the splitter. There you go. Number four, Mr. Walter Johnson. All right. We'll move on to number three. Number three is Mr. Bob Feller. Uh, game in question, the Indians versus the White Sox, opening day 1940. Uh, who has uh, Who has this one? Nine innings, five walks, eight strikeouts, one nothing win over the White Sox. And um, uh, what was special about it? Oh, yeah, uh, no hitter. No hit. Only no, only one no. in opening day history. Only, uh, and, only, and Feller no. was, you know, not some scrub who came out of nowhere to have a great uh, game. He was a two-time All-Star. 
uh, at that point and uh, 21 years old. Yeah. And, uh, and, and not at home either. He was in Comiskey Park. He was in his fourth and, year, so that means he started when yeah. he was 17. 17. He yeah. Was playing baseball at 17, yeah. And a, and a two-time um, All-Star. And he goes out and throws a no-hitter. 20, throws a no-hitter. Complete game, obviously. No-hitter. Nine innings. No-hitter. No hits. No runs. Five five walks. Otherwise, it would have been, uh, you know, he get those walks down. He could have had a, uh, could have had a nice, perfect game. But um, it's the, still the only no-hitter in Slacker. history. Slacker. Well, that's the thing. Unless those five walks are all in one inning – when you don't give up any hits, they mean nothing, right? <laughs> unless you, you know, unless somebody's stealing a couple bases and that's including home. Could you imagine having a no hitter for nine innings, but in one inning you get shelled for five walks and yeah. you lose two now, nothing? Pitch a no hitter and lose two nothing. Oh, well, no, no, hold on. You could give up five walks in one inning and still not give up a run. Well, it depends if the other if the other batters, yeah, they put you in could. play and you get the out. Yeah, yeah, no. Yeah. No, you couldn't. Say you give up three walks in a row. Right. And then the guy grounds out to first, and you throw the guy out at home plate. Mm-hmm. Okay. Mm-hmm. Then, uh, so then you got what? Uh, are you, so is the base is still loaded then? Yes. Okay. So it would have to be a double play. It has to be a double yeah. play. It has to yeah, be a yeah. double play. So you, so you ground out to the pitcher, to home, back to first, double play, guys on second and third. Then you walk another guy and you strike somebody out to end the inning. So you could walk a guy. You could have you could, four. Walks. You could have four walks. You could four, have four walks. Four okay. walks. Yeah, you could have four. What would be, I think, more interesting is if you gave up three walks in an inning, right? And then nobody went anywhere, right? <laughs> because you there were three, no. There you were the three walks, and they just stand there. Ground ball. You threw them out at home. You know, couldn't get the double play, or you just or three, maybe three strikeouts, or, or right, three or walks couple, and then three you know, strikeouts. There you go. Uh, pop up. You know, maybe a short fly ball or something. Uh, fly, <laughs> everybody just kind of stays on the base they're on. So. You gotta love it. Yeah, that, yeah. that's. Uh, all right, you could have four. You could have four. You walk the first three guys. You pick the guy off at first base. You walk the next guy. You pick the guy off at second base. <laughs> you walk the fifth guy, and then you you retire the side. Yeah. So you can't yeah. have five walks in an inning. Hey, you knew. Hey, you knew. Somehow you were going to figure out how to do it. There's got to be some pickoffs. <laughs> so you got, if you get two pickoffs, you can walk five. Hey, look, and if anybody run. can do it, it's Bob Feller. There you go, Bob Feller. He'll <laughs> he'll do it. There you go. All right, number three on our list is Mr. Bob Feller, and we move on to number two. Number two is Hammer and Hank Aaron, uh, Braves versus the Reds, nineteen seventy four opener. Harry, why don't you tell us why this one is interesting? On April 4th, 1974, Hank Aaron strolled to the plate, and on the first swing of his 21st season, he hit his record-tying 714th career home run off of Jack Billingham of the Cincinnati Reds. Aaron would go on to hit number 715 four nights later on April 8th and break the all-time home run record. Mm-hmm. Uh, pretty incredible. Yeah, absolutely incredible. I mean, uh, that's that's a good way of starting the season. It's a great way to start a season. He's 20, still the record 20, holder. Twenty first season. Twenty first. He's 21st still the record holder, league. as far as I'm concerned. Yeah. Oh yeah. Twenty first season, and uh, with the first week, he tied Babe Ruth's record and then broke it within the first mm-hmm. week of the season. Yeah. So there you go. I uh, gotta love it. Uh, number yeah, two. Yeah, I mean there there is something to be said for longevity and putting up numbers, but well, that's why Babe Ruth still holds the record for most hookers on opening night. Sure. <laughs> God. Um, but uh, yeah, to, I mean. 
I mean, by a long shot. 700, 700 of anything right. Is, right. is an awful lot, even if you play the game for 21 years. Exactly. Exactly. I got to love it. All right. Number two, Hammer and Hank Aaron. All right. And then our number one, uh, Mr. Number One on our list, number 42 in your programs, number one in your hearts, Mr. Jackie Robinson. Both of you talk about it. Why, why, why is this particular game? It was the Dodgers versus the Boston Braves in 1947. Why is this game important? Jackie Robinson took the field as the first baseman for the Brooklyn Dodgers. And on this day, he ushered in the biggest change in maybe our, our American society and in sports in general when he broke the color barrier. And look, we're still not perfect as a nation. But this was a big, big, big moment. And I can't imagine what it would be like to be in his shoes. But there you go. And he did it. And sports sports changed forever after that day. They did. They certainly did. Um, yeah. Nothing more to say about it. Uh, that, that, that April day in 1947 uh, changed it all. Right there. It's the, it's only good. It's the only good thing that ever happens on April fifteenth, by the way, which happens to be tax day. <laughs> and in large part, this year, no, because right. of the player More that he year. was as well. I mean, if he'd sort of been a a minor figure, you know, kind of a yeah. half scrubby kind of guy, yeah, he would have been, you know, the first player. But he was Jackie Robinson, and mm-hmm. I guess he had to be brilliant even to get that opportunity. Absolutely, but he, but he yeah. certainly lived up to the hype. This yeah, is true. This is true. He, did, he, did, mean, he, he did okay. He only had to get there, but he had to prove that he belonged there, um, not only with his play, but you know, to try and change the minds of narrow-minded and small-minded people. Yeah, too. and I mean, he came in, you know, he was a little older. I don't know how old he was. I can't remember when he played finally for the first time in the, in the majors, but you know, you could argue Jackie Robinson's the best baseball player of all time. You know, I mean, yeah. I think there's a legitimate argument there. And... Uh, I can't imagine. I mean, I just, I, I can't imagine what that was like. And I don't think there's really been anything equivalent to that necessarily in our lifetime, but uh, look, we're still, we're still seeing things change for the first time. We're still seeing, uh, you know, minority coaches break, you know, break into areas that they've never broken into before. We're seeing, uh, you know, women coaching, especially in, 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 you know, in basketball and other arenas that where we're seeing two, you know, African-American female coaches in the NCAA Final Four for the first time. There's still things that are changing and catching up to where we should be. But this has to be right up there with one of the biggest cultural moments, I think. Um, and, and I think both of these are are, are are milestones that that resonate even if you're not a baseball fan. Look, when Hank Aaron hit hit, hit that 715th home run, maybe the moon landing had more significance and more and and was able to bring people together more than that. But I'm not sure it did. I'm not sure it did. Yeah. Well, and Here's there all. was, you know, there was also a lot of animosity towards Aaron. Of course, you know there were a lot of people who hated him because you know he was black. And of course, but, Ruth, but, but, and, but there was there was so many more. There were yes, just, there were, were many who more were, who were baseball fans for that moment. Yeah, they were they were uh, far outweighed that other yeah. stuff. But and uh, 
quick question for both of you. Uh, who was the first? He, he played in the National League. Who was the first uh, black player in the American League? Obviously, the second black player in Major League Baseball. Who was the, who's that, the first in the uh, American League? I knew this. Uh, it's not a uh, Walker. Nope. Dobe Walker. No. Maris Marisol. No. Um, um. Do, 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 do. Uh, I don't know. I'll give you a couple of hints. He played. He he played uh, that later that year. July fifth uh, was his debut, uh, and he played for the Cleveland Indians. <clears throat> oh, uh, Doby. Larry Doby. Larry Doby. Larry Doby. Yeah, almost. I, I knew. I wouldn't have got that. From New Jersey, Patterson, New Jersey, actually. Um, but he was born in South Carolina and uh, moved to Jersey. Uh, after that, anyway, um, yeah, Larry Doby. There's uh, if you go to uh, Progressive Field in uh, Cleveland, there's a, a big statue of Larry Doby out in front. Um, somewhere I have a picture. Uh, but he was no Jackie Robinson. No, no, he doesn't have a rotunda. He just has a. Uh, he just has <laughs> statue. a uh, only statue. a statue. <laughs> only a statue. <laughs> so there you go. Well, every winter there's a statue of me in the backyard made out of. This snow. is true. This is true. See, I always, th- I always thought it was Campanella, but Campanella wasn't until. The, the, the next year, yeah. yeah, Satchel Satchel Page was after these guys too. Which Satchel I didn't... Page was after these guys. Yeah, it was it the first one was was Jackie Robinson on opening day in uh, in forty seven, and then later that year in in July uh, July fifth was uh, was Larry Doby for the Indians in the American League. So he's he's billed as the first uh, black breaking the color barrier in the American League. Um, right. Anyway, Larry Doby. So anyway, there you, you go. Know, and, and, and you know. Here, here's the thing, though, which is which is crazy. You know, Jackie Robinson broke in in the beginning of '47. Mm-hmm. Uh, Dolby did it later that year. There was one, two, three, four guys who played in '47. Campanella and Satchel Page did it in '48. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, Don Newcomb and a couple others did it in '49. Mm-hmm. Willie Nelson's uh, Willie Nelson. Willie Mays in the top twenty <laughs> here, 1951 with the, with the New York Giants. I I did not. Put that together. Yeah, I mean it's it's incredible that yes, Jackie Robinson broke it in forty seven, but you know only one, two, three, five players in four years, fifteen other players, fifteen players uh, in four years, rather, yeah. it, 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 you know, did it. It's it's crazy, and yeah. I didn't I didn't realize Willie Mays was that high on the list of yeah. uh, groundbreakers. Yeah, it, it wasn't incredible. Exactly, uh, it was exactly opening the floodgates. Right. No. I thought it of, did. Still had a lot of. Yeah. Now you still had a lot of opposition, even and amongst the players too. You know, it wasn't just fans yeah. and or owners. You know, look yeah. at you. You look at teams like the Brooklyn Dodgers and the St. Louis Browns and the Cleveland Indians. These these are the teams that consistently were doing it. And um, and then came the the Boston Braves and the New York Giants and the Chicago White Sox. It, it seemed like once the team was able to do that. It seemed like their fans accepted it a little bit more because they had multiple guys on this list. Yep. Of course, there wasn't 40 teams back then either. Yeah. But, right. um, yeah. So, there you go. That is our number one on our uh, top uh, 10 uh, Major League Baseball opening day performances uh, would be Mr. Jackie Robinson. A couple things I want to mention before we go to all balls. Uh, really quick, uh, a couple couple things. They're not actually opening day performances. Well, they are, but they aren't. Um, just want to mention Ted Williams uh, on opening days uh, was a 449 hitter on opening days. 
uh, over over the course of his uh, career. Uh, had three home runs and 14 RBIs in 14 opening day games. He had at least one hit in every opening day. Ted Williams. Ted Williams, yeah. yeah, yeah he was still a jerk, he hit, though. He hit 460 on the second day of every season. <laughs> yeah, second day at 460, yeah. So it was, it was actually, yeah, but only it was actually a bad thing opening day. He knocked on the third day of every season. Yeah. That's right. What a, what a I mean, God, come on. I mean, that, that, what, that, what a hitter. Jeez. Yeah. Yeah. Insane. And uh, and the other thing I want to mention, uh, Hall of Famer, Mr. Uh, uh, Mr. Uh, Tom Seaver, Tom Terrific. Holds the record, still holds the record among major league pitchers for the most opening day starts. Eleven, right? Sixteen. So eleven oh, with the Mets. Eleven with the Mets. Sixteen between 16 the Mets, the Reds, and the, Reds. the White Sox. On the White Sox, that's right. White Sox, yeah. So sixteen right. times. Yeah, Tom uh, Seaver. I, I'm surprised Nolan Ryan didn't come close to that. But I guess he was their number two later on in, in his for career. For a while, he was their number two. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah. Well, there's uh, yeah. actually, if you look, there's a. An interesting page of of the um, career opening day for some of these guys and Seaver with the starts and Johnson with wins, Walter Johnson, Randy Johnson with strikeouts. Yeah, some very interesting numbers. Pete Rose number of yeah. opening uh, opening day games played twenty three, home runs three guys on that uh, list with eight. Mm-hmm. Adam Dunn, Ken Griffey Jr. Junior and Frank Robinson. So I looked that up. Some very interesting, some 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 interesting names kind of come up. Yeah, you know, over the course of their career, guys who had good opening days. Absolutely. Yes, indeed. Speaking of which, that'll bring us to this week's old balls. Old balls. Tell us, Harry, who this week's old balls recipient is. You know, this week's old balls recipient is someone who has had the most hits on opening day. In, in the history of baseball, and that's not other than Mr. Pete Rose. He's had 31 hits on opening day. And in 1974, uh, as an example, he reached base four times. His leadoff walk sparked a three-run eighth inning that cut the Reds' deficit to one. And his RBI double off Phil Necro in the ninth scored George Foster to tie the score. And then Rose took over the game in a way only Pete Rose could. With two outs in the bottom of the 11th, he smacked an opposite field double. A few pitches later, Rose scored the game-winning run all the way from second base on a wild pitch. So uh, there you go. I mean, I I feel like Pete Rose played baseball for like 57 years. Uh, 58 and a half, actually. Yeah. And, you know, look, we can delve into the whole controversy of Pete Rose. I get it. But... He's Pete Rose, of course. He's, Rose. of course, he's going to have the most hits on opening day. Right. You know, I mean, he's probably broken the most jaws on opening day too, and <laughs> stolen the most bases, and broken the most bats in the dugout. And I mean, you know, he's gotten the worst haircuts on opening day. It's, you know, I mean, Is lost the most money. Yeah, <laughs> or won the most money, or maybe won the most money. <laughs> Was look, after look at how year. look at how uninterested in the hit he just got in this picture. <laughs> you know what? I, that's one thing I, I don't think you could ever say about Pete Rose is that he was he ever for one second uninterested in the game. They could be <laughs> down fourteen to three, and he's gonna try to stretch that single into a triple. Of course, and I'm not getting in front this of him when he's signing third. I'm not getting in front of him. When he's is, put that put that back up again. Can you put that back up yeah. again for a second? This is kind of like a 
Oh, that looks like only a double. To me, <laughs> yeah. that's what his face. Does. I can walk. Uh, <laughs> yeah. And and look, he's playing with somebody else's right arm. So I mean, uh, he, played, he was injured. He was, right arm. He was injured, and he just said, "Well, give me Roy Campanella's right arm." <laughs> I don't think he said "give me." He just took it. He just, just took it. it. He just yeah. rolled it off. Yeah. I'll bring it back when I'm done. He ripped it off, stuck it on. Look, it's even got a different colored batting glove. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, and then he handed it. Went back to the dugout, handed yeah. it back to him, and go, "This sucks. I only got a double." Yeah. That's George Foster's <laughs> arm right there. <laughs> George Foster or George Foreman? George Foster. Yeah. Uh, I love it. Anyway, so on that note, <laughs> yes, our old balls this week is Mr. Pete Rose. I think next week should be the top 10 anchorman quotes. <laughs> I think we're going to have to do that at some point. Because <laughs> there's some good ones. There are some great ones. Uh some great ones. Absolutely. All right. Well, on that note, uh, that that brings us out of baseball. Um, uh, again, uh, good luck to all the teams out there, except for the ones that uh, these other two guys want to say uh, uh, say their piece to. But uh, in any event, uh, yeah, good luck to everybody. Everybody have fun. Hope springs eternal. Enjoy uh, this uh, hopefully not shortened, not delayed, not – well, not delayed, but not uh, – stopped at some point major league baseball complete season first one we had in a couple of years so uh it'll be great anyway looking forward to it um and and there'll be more where that came from all right let's move on to let's talk a little uh let's talk a little basketball uh throw that up there um is there any basketball going on right now uh i believe so hey the knicks are winning no they're winning and losing they're 500 yeah you mean they're winning today they're winning they're tonight. Up by, they're up by ten on. Uh, they're playing the Bucks again, right? Yeah. <laughs> they seem to have the Bucks number. No, no they, they beat the Bucks the other night. They beat the Bucks the other uh, night. Beating, uh, nobody, nobody beat, played on either team. But yeah, beating Minnesota. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Brooke Lopez was not a happy camper after that game. I'll tell you that much. Um, the Bucks beat the, uh, the the Celtics, I think, tonight. But um, oh, the Knicks are. Uh, yeah, they're up by ten on Minnesota. They were playing Minnesota. Yeah, they're playing yeah. Minnesota tonight. So 90, that, that, that's a game they should win. Yeah. Um, 90. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, it's four. Was there eight minutes left? Yeah, they got. They'll, they'll win that. So, um, they yeah. Win. Uh, hey, you know what? Right now they're what? They're in They're in fifth place now. Um, I think they're a half game out of They're a half out game of out of fourth. They're, they're a half, no, they're in fifth. They're a half game they're out of fourth. fourth. They're in fifth half game out of fourth, actually. Um, they, they're, they're separated the seven, eight, nine, four, five, six. And seven are all separated by half game. Uh, the, Celtic, the Celtics just can't seem to get it together. Yeah, yeah. Hawks. Uh, Hawks are half a game ahead of the uh, behind the Heat. Heat are half a game behind the Knicks. Knicks are half a game behind the Hornets. Um, so. Yeah, if you look at the top eight, the Celtics and the Heat are the only two teams in that group under five hundred in their last ten. The Knicks are right at five hundred, and then. Charlotte is six and four, and Atlanta's. You know, Charlotte's the surprise team in the East. Mm -hmm. Yeah, they definitely are. I think that's more of a shot than the Knicks. Knicks are a game up. They're not five hundred. They're twenty four and twenty three. Well, that's five hundred. Well, well, no, but I mean, they were they're five and five in their last ten. We'll we'll take it. Oh, they're five and five in their last ten. In other words, you've got you've got Philly. They win the night. They're three games ahead. The Nets are eight and two. The Bucks are seven and three, and then everybody else has. You know, everybody in that, else is in that top eight is six, yeah. 
and either has six wins or four wins, or in the case of the Knicks, they're five and five. So this is true. So that's uh, listen. The this this kind of might be just about the way it stays for the remaining. How many games we got left? 20, I think Miami five. sneaks. Up. I think Miami sneaks ahead of the Knicks. I really do. I think Jimmy Butler will will it. Twenty five. Uh, 25 games, I think. 25, 25 games, yeah. Games. Yeah, Miami should get better. They just need a little bit of time to for guys to acclimate, you know, the moves they made. And um, the, the, they should they should be – Charlotte really is a surprise. They are the surprise of the NBA, I think. I think that Charlotte, the, the Knicks, the Suns, although, I, you know, I've been talking about the Suns for three years, and I'm finally right. Um, it had to be at some point. Yeah. But, I mean, Charlotte – And San Antonio. Charlotte's seven and one in the division. Yeah, Charlotte's <laughs> that's, that's what the hell. <laughs> that's better yeah. than the Nets. You know, better yeah. than the Heat. Better than everybody, but uh, but Philly and Milwaukee, really. I mean, right? I hope the Knicks can kind of stay at four or five because I don't think they're going to get to three. But you know, Nick Charlotte would be a first round matchup. Yeah, that's a yeah. good. That's a toss up. It is. They could win a first round matchup. Only if they play Charlotte. Only if they play Charlotte, yeah. Um, because they're not going to play Miami or Atlanta or, or Ball. I mean, they're going to wind up either playing the Nets, the Sixers, or the Bucks. Oh. So we'll see. We'll see. They got a they got a half game on the Heat. I think the Heat will pass them. You know, Atlanta's playing better ball too. Yep. So uh, I don't know. We'll see. We will see what happens with that. It's uh, it's 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 coming out interesting. Uh, things that we said were were probably going to happen. I mean, we said the Wizards were were playing. Uh, yeah, they've kind they're of tanked. Good. They've kind of tanked off a little bit. Um, so, hey. although I don't know, Stephen A. Smith went off on Russell Westbrook, so maybe that'll, that'll motivate. Oh, that's, him. that's that's motivation right there. Because because you know, you know if he, anything can motivate Russell Westbrook. Because you want to motivate Russell Westbrook to have a better game than thirty-seven, eighteen, and twelve. <laughs> yeah, like, well, like listen, how much then, more? How much more could he do? I think uh, the he, argument has been settled. Who's better, Westbrook or John Wall? I think. He, <laughs> Because I know there are, there were a few John Wall defenders, but uh, I heard this today. Russell Westbrook has played 38 games with the Wizards, I believe it is, and he is now their leader, career leader in triple doubles. <laughs> and again, I mean, you can kind of devalue the triple double. I, I think that's fair, but still, it is a, it is a he's stat their to be career, 38 games, and he's their career leader in triple doubles. 38 games, I believe. He, I believe I heard that today. He's their wow. career leader. The, the previous leader was Wes Unseld with two. <laughs> <laughs> So he's been their he's been their leader in Earl Monroe had one once, <laughs> and well, no John John Wall had like John Wall had you know, eleven, and Russell Westbrook yeah. now has twelve twenty eight or something. I don't know. I don't know <laughs> what the actual number. Thirty eight games he has like thirty seven. Yeah, thirty eight games he's got thirty six. Nick, Knicks are uh, Knicks are only up by uh, seven. Oh, they do. That's, right. that's all they seven, need. Seven minutes left. Well, let's. Do you want six, to talk about by the six? Do you want to talk about the Nets yeah, and the whole seven. buying the championship seven, thing? Yeah. yeah, I mean, who knows what the Nets are going to be? I mean, are we is is Kevin Durant going to do something other than getting wars on DMs with Michael Rapport? Is he going to play? Like, I don't know. Like, what what is this? I don't know what the Nets are. Um, I think I saw today, or yesterday, maybe they they played seven games altogether. The big three. That's it. Like we haven't really seen the Nets as they have been built, and, and for again, more than a handful is, of games. Yeah, is Kyrie back? I don't even know. Kyrie's back. Kyrie's back. Yeah. Okay. Everybody's playing, but everybody's playing, but uh, but but uh, Durant, but, but Katie, yeah. yeah. 
Joe oh. Harris had 28 tonight, seven to 12 three point range. <laughs> Jeez. He's the key. He's going to be the key to that team. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, are, are they going to sign Boogie Cousins to like a six game contract? What's good? I mean, I don't know. Yeah, I don't, I hope not. I don't think so. Uh, have they have did they have they officially signed Aldridge? Is he just not playing yet? Or no, he's. I believe they have. Yeah, they've signed him. Yeah, they signed him. Yeah, he signed already. Who's who's gonna, who's gonna whose spot is he gonna take? <laughs> KD's. But I mean, yeah, uh, <laughs> he could be a backup. But they're they're yeah. saying um, it'd be uh, mostly Claxton would probably lose yeah. some minutes, which you would think, be a mistake because Claxton has been. Phenomenal think, this season. Yeah, but Claxton came off the bench tonight, and I, I think it's. I mean, do you think with? I mean, I think right now Aldridge does he start? No, I don't think so. I don't think he starts. Yeah. I think they're going to start Bruce Brown over Lamarcus Aldridge. If you're winning, yeah, I think so. Uh, I I like Harris. DeAndre Jordan, Kyrie Irving, Harden, and Aldridge. I like that as a starting five. And then you got Brown, Green, Griffin, Claxton. I don't know. I, I think LaMarcus Aldridge is still a starter. I mean, I think he'll be fine coming in off the bench. Right. Obviously, well, when, when and if Durant ever comes back, you know, is DeAndre Jordan a better player than LaMarcus Aldridge? I think so. I think I think look the Aldridge. I don't 30, think so. Aldridge is thirty five. Okay. I, I don't I don't know how much you want him out. That you know as a starter. I don't know. You, you want to give your starter you know twenty five minutes. DeAndre Jordan's thirty two. That's three years. Okay. Well, yeah, I can. <laughs> really? <laughs> when was he born? What, what month? Like, it could be two years and eight months. I mean, come on. Sorry. Uh, but uh, you know what? I, I, I think it depends. I don't on think it's screw with the chemistry. I think they're they're winning. They're doing everything right. I think you bring them in as uh, you, I, I, you bring them off the bench, and then if something is something screwing up with with somebody, then you start them. You know, listen. Why, you know what? I don't you think you, you bring them in right away to start? I think you, you're probably going to win either way, so you can experiment right. with both. Who knows what Steve Nash is going to well, do? Claxton played, you know, 21 minutes tonight, primarily at center because DeAndre Jordan only played 12 minutes. Right. So, and DeAndre Jordan was the only net. He was in minus 16. Everybody else in the starting five was plus 16, plus four, plus 16. You know, so... Harden was the minus 10. True, true. So, I mean, it looks like there's the second unit kind of did the job against the... Well, that's that's why I think that's where LaMarcus Aldridge is going to be. He's going to... Knicks are up by two. You're going to have a second unit that's just going to dominate everyone else's second team. But, yeah, I I guess... uh, I, I. who knows what they're going to do? Look, Blake Griffin had twenty minutes; he was plus twenty three. But I mean, these guys are—you know—I think, role, I think Aldridge. I think now. Aldridge comes in before Griffin. Probably, yeah. yeah. But they're role players. I think they just brought him on for a role player. But that's going to be done. kind of a—that's going to be kind of the dance that Steve Nash is going to have to. He's going to have to find everybody enough minutes. He's going to have yeah. to do that. Yeah, I, I can't believe the Knicks have let uh, let, let the gap. Lamarcus Aldridge is an expert. He's not going like but um, yeah, but I, he didn't really. I don't think he did much with the Spurs the last last year. He year. had pretty good numbers. There you go. So anyway, uh, yeah, I can't believe the Knicks have. Uh, yeah, they're the, up yeah, by two. They're up by two. This is a game the Knicks would lose. Yeah, Carl Anthony Towns is eighteen. Towns is going to town. Uh, but had to say it. Sorry. Uh, nothing. Silence. Not even a. 
It's not even worth. <laughs> yeah, I don't want to. You know, it's it's like humor. Yeah, no, I don't want to. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, nobody's having a particularly good night for the Knicks tonight. No, uh, Randall's got twenty-two. Uh, he's the high uh, high scorer. So look at Luka Doncic. Uh, that guy's pretty good. 30, 36 points tonight. Um. This is weird. It says end of quarter four. It doesn't say final score. It says end of quarter four. Are they doing it? Well, maybe they're tied. Night or, and now it's yeah, it's tied one thirteen to one hundred eight. Score <laughs> updates may be delayed. <laughs> <I guess> so. <laughs> anyway, but uh, yeah. Well, you know what? I mean. The uh, it it's some of it's shaking out the way we thought it was gonna. Some of it's not. But like like we said, there's 24 games after the night left, so uh, we'll see how they play out. I mean, Aldridge last year averaged 19 and over seven rebounds a game. Yeah. So I mean, he's down a little bit this year. Part of that was you know, but still, he's it's his numbers are still better than DeAndre Jordan. I I, I think depending on the matchup, I think he, I think. Aldridge is going to be is is a much more important addition to the Nets than Blake Griffin. Yeah. Oh, I'd agree with that. So, and uh, and he can shoot, which Jordan can't. There you go. And uh, your question before, just just so you wanted to know, whatever. Uh, Blake Griffin's thirty two, and Lamarcus Aldridge is thirty five. Um, Blake Griffin just turned thirty two. Lamarcus Aldridge will be thirty six. I was talking about DeAndre Jordan, but yeah, oh DeAndre Jordan. Sorry. He's also 32. Right. He likes sparklers on his birthday. They're literally two Blake days Griffin, apart. Blake Griffin likes sprinkles. <laughs> Aldridge's birthday is July 19th. Jordan's birthday is July 21st. So well, there you go. They can yeah. celebrate together while they're yeah. both yeah, logging. They're two years and 363 days apart. So there you go. Anyway. Yeah, Jordan, um, I get Jordan's going to be in there for defense more than anything else. But, you know, it's not like they need LaMarcus Aldridge to score. A lot of points. It'd be interesting to see how they use him. Yeah, he's a pretty good defender too, and he's versatile. He can, you know, guard a. He can he he can guard three or the or the four or the five. Which against some teams, you might want to. You know, you're going to need some bot. The Nets don't have those big bodies against uh, when you're playing. You know, the Sixers. Right. Right. That's that's where it's really going to come in handy. Yeah. Knicks are back up. Uh, it's a four-point game now, 96-92. Knicks in Minnesota. Boy, if you're sitting at home watching this game, you just... <laughs> <laughs> uh, you, got, you got nothing else to do, that's for sure. Hot stuff. Uh, 98-94. <clears throat> there you go. Well, come it's on, Knicks. four-point game. So, a little under uh, three minutes left. Yeah, Miami already won tonight, so... Knicks' uh, win percentage is 78.12%. So, uh, there you go. And there you have it. Um, Did you see that play last night? Not to change top, by Covington off the pass from Lillard. He did a three hundred and sixty reverse layup. I did not see it. I'll tell you what, the travel. I don't know why I always catch the Trailblazers. It seems like they're on late well, a of lot, and they're a fun team to watch. Yeah. And with McCollum back and and Nurkic back, now Carmelo is still putting up sixteen, eighteen points in twenty minutes. I mean, it, I. I think this, the Trailblazers are a team to watch out for in the playoffs. I really do. I mean, they're 29 and 18. Yeah, they are. 
and they're finally healthy. I think I think they're going to be all right. They should be. They should be. The West is going to be a shit show. It's going to be tough. <laughs> the, yeah, let's take a look at that. The West is actually. Uh, we uh, talked about the East. The West is. Uh, I mean, it's still uh, the Jazz are still winning, but. Uh, yeah, but I, the Jazz don't scare me, like either the LA teams do if they're healthy. Right. You know, Phoenix too. Yeah, Phoenix. I, I think Phoenix is a much more dangerous team because they're they're able to get out in the open floor. And then you got the Nuggets and the Blazers. And look, the Nuggets got a lot better. They made some good moves there. It's it's an odd team to watch now. They still don't have a point guard. They have seventeen power forwards, um, <laughs> but they looked good. They're gelling already, and they're they're playing good defense. Uh, Gordon was a great pickup for the Nuggets. But more importantly, uh, JaVel McGee, three-time NBA champion or two-time NBA champion, used to be a Nugget. I think he's also going to – you know, the Nuggets lost Mason Plumlee. They they, they lost some some role with Jeremy, Jeremy Grant. Uh, and then uh, who was the guard that, that they lost? Not Gary Harris. Of course, they lost Gary Harris this year, but uh, it doesn't matter. They lost three really big role players on that second unit, and I think they, they're kind of back where they want, and they've got some versatility. Um, look, I, I think if, this, if the Lakers aren't healthy, if the Clippers aren't healthy, I think this is a year where some of these other teams can run past them. Yep. It, it could very well be. Definitely. Right. Yeah, I think the question, the interesting question is how, how will the Lakers continue to fall, and uh, so how far down? I think once they get into the playoffs, it doesn't really matter. They're not very deep. They're not very deep. And without Anthony Davis, and, you know, they don't have some of the veteran role players that they did last year. Yeah, but you this know? was a team that everybody said got better in the offseason after wow. winning the championship. I, whatever the moves they made, everyone said, ah, oh, this is a better team now. I guess it wasn't about depth necessarily. But when you, you know, take the greatest player on the planet <laughs> and Anthony Davis, one of the absolute best in the league off the team. You know, uh, Schroeder, I think, on paper was a good move. He's – but, you know, is does he have the intangibles that a Rajon Rondo does? I don't think so. You know, Andre Drummond's a good backup center. Is he as good as Dwight Howard? I don't know. I don't know. Um, Tie game, by the way. Is Nixon Timberwolves? You know, Marcus Gasol was supposed to be a hell of a of an acquisition. He's kind of not even playing. So yeah, yeah, uh, they're 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 thin and they're old. Now they've got some younger players that that can light it up, but we'll see, we'll see. Uh, they they don't they don't have the shoot. It's really going to come down to Kyle Kuzma and guys like that to see if they can really take some of the pressure off LeBron and. Uh, I don't know how hurt LeBron is. I really don't. Yeah, I don't know either. Um, I got to ask you a question. We we never talked about this the other day. How do you feel about uh, Mitchell Robinson? Well, you never want to see anybody get hurt. It's horrible. Yeah, but he just came back from his hand broken, and he yeah, his, no, his foot. Yeah. that sucks. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, it's it's it's. He could be one of those big guys who's perennially kind of fragile. I don't know. Um, I like you know. I think he's one of the big three in the Knicks. I think he's, he's one is. of the, I think he's one of the guys that you know his numbers don't necessarily match up to the impact that he has on the game, especially on the defensive end. 
Mm-hmm. Noel's done a good job backing him up. You know, mm-hmm. they've, they've got guys like Taj Gibson. The Knicks are okay in the front court in that um, regard, but they're a different team. And he was, he, Mitchell was just starting to get back into the groove. So mm-hmm. it's, it's a big loss. It's a big loss. It is a big loss. It is. What and, I thought also and, found and, interesting and, was. Go ahead. I was, I was just going to say it came, came a little too late for the, uh, for the Andre Drummond uh, uh, deal. Uh, so. Yeah. Look, they didn't, yeah. They, they didn't seem that. Knicks just didn't seem that. They didn't seem that them. interested anyway. I thought I they, just, were, they, they were. They were. They were. They would have done it anyway. So the, but, the Knicks. The Knicks are doing what they're supposed to do. They're saying we're not going to waste money. Yep. On, on on these, we're gonna. We have the guys. We're gonna see where we can go. Right. We didn't. We didn't get a big name that was going to be a game changer, a literal game changer. So these these veteran acquisitions, we don't need them. Let's let these guys play. Let's sneak into the playoffs. Let's give these guys some playoff experience and then let's see if we can actually get some free agent acquisitions in the offseason. And speaking of the Knicks, they're losing right now by a point. What, what I thought was interesting about the, the other night was uh, 25 seconds left. Derek Rose being interviewed after the game and he didn't. He didn't he know. Didn't know. No, he didn't. How, did, how does he not know? I mean, it was. About was, what? They didn't tell about Mr. Robinson's. About Robinson out. getting hurt and he was. Yeah. He knew he was injured, but he didn't know what it was. A little bit. I mean, it was it was a shock. It was a moment. It was a real moment, which was always interesting to see. Because is Derek Rose hurt again? He's out tonight. Is he? Oh, he must be hurt again. Unless he's just that upset over Robinson from the other. Well, I don't night. think it was. I don't think it was a grief. <laughs> to, uh, <No. laughs> I don't think he was out because of grief, but uh, sore, yeah. sore. Knicks ankle, are about to, maybe Knicks are about to lose by a point. By the way, yeah. Five seconds left. They were this. They were winning the whole game. Yeah. They were up by ten there. with eight minutes left. Mm-hmm. Now they're now they're down by one. One hundred one, one hundred two. Do they have the ball? Five seconds left. I can't yeah, they tell. they have the ball. They have the ball. Yeah. So uh, yeah, five seconds. Well, let me left. ask you guys this: since you get a fans. shot of, what's up with Reggie Bullock's hair? <laughs> I don't know. It looks like uh, the Knicks just lost. Uh, did they? So. No good shot. I can't refresh this quick. Now, Reggie, Reggie Bullock just, I think, stole the ball from Carl Anthony Towns, and I think the Knicks uh, call a timeout. So if the Knicks have the ball, I think, with 5.1 seconds left. Yeah, that's what I got, yeah. Well, this is, these are the games you got to win. you yeah. got to get it in Julius Randle's hand yeah. or R.J. So Barrett. They can beat the Bucks, and clearly, you know, Giannis uh, wasn't playing, and whoever else wasn't playing. Oh, Randall wasn't was, playing, and Randall, but Randall wasn't playing either, and they beat the Bucks, and, but yet they're losing to the freaking Timberwolves. Uh, but again, yeah. this is pro sports. Any given, uh, any given, on Wednesday. any given Wednesday, uh, any given Wednesday. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> on any night you could lose to the fucking Timberwolves. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I gotta love it. Uh, anyway. Yeah, well, you know what? We'll see what happens. Right now, Mitchell Robinson is uh, the, it's out. He's out indefinitely. There's no timetable for his return. Yeah, and I don't think you rush him back. You're not gonna. Where, where's what's he gonna do? I mean, you know, I don't know. I don't even know how bad was it. Just a hairline fracture? Is it like a six week thing? Then he can actually play in the playoffs? Or? I don't know. I don't know. Timberwolves, well, have, the, Timberwolves yeah. have the worst record. Yeah, they in basketball. They're about to get better. They're, by they're game. worse they're than better Detroit. by a game. <laughs> They're about to get better by a game. Yeah. They haven't. I mean, this, this is a long ass timeout. Let me tell you that. But this is this is this is the Knicks in a nutshell. They're they're just they're going to struggle. They're they're going to have to fight it out to beat teams that they should beat, 
And I just don't see them really when push comes to shove towards the, 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 the home stretch beating teams that are marginally better than them. And I don't, you know, I don't see them in a big game beating the Bucks or beating the Sixers or beating the Nets for, for sure. Right. Um, yeah. Well, look, it, look, Miami won tonight, right? You said. Yeah, the, the Knicks lost. So, so they're going to flip-flop spots. Miami's going to be the Knicks will be 500. Miami will be a game over 500. But here's the thing: you know, if the Knicks go on a little bit of a losing streak, the hard part would be coming back from that. You know, if they lose four games, I mean, they got that West Coast run. They lose four games in a row, you know, it could knock you into eighth. Absolutely. You know, and and I don't think they have enough goods to put together a four game winning streak. Here's the problem with the Knicks: is that you know, with certain teams, the game's on the line. You know who's going to take the shot. Yep. Well, Barrett took the, took the took the last shot. He missed the twenty footer, and um, that was it. It's 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 hard when you, when you have a bigger guy, a big man, to to win to get the, them the ball with the game on the line. It's just harder. Yep. And so this is the problem with the Knicks. They need that all star caliber. NBA first or second team guard that can come into this lineup and make them a better team. Yep. And then they win. Then they come back and win a game like this. Well, we'll see how everything shakes out. You're right. The, uh, the Knicks and the uh, heat are going to flip flop, but uh, we'll see how it goes from there. Um, that's uh, NBA for the week. Uh, let's move on. There's a couple of uh, things to talk about uh, NFL wise. Uh, just uh, want to well, actually, guys... I just, did you guys, I, I just wanted to touch on, or, or did you want to do NFL then get back to the NCAA or? Oh, we'll do NCAA afterwards. Yeah. Oh, okay. All right. Okay. All right. Uh, we'll do NCAA first. in the third hour. In the third and third hour, we'll do NCAA. Now, there's only a couple things for NFL. I just want your opinion uh, on uh, the uh, 17 game season that I was. Yes, the now. Giants should draft a quarterback. <laughs> uh, that's your opinion on the 17 game season. It's one one more game where I get to watch Daniel Jones. I'm so excited. One more game you get to watch that. You know what? Yeah, but there'll be one less preseason game where where I get to watch somebody else other than Daniel Jones. Yeah, <laughs> right. Well, I mean, you would think it would probably be you know along the lines of that final preseason game where someone other than Daniel Jones would get a significant amount of the snaps. So you won't you'll be missing out on that one. You'll be in the out. in the three remaining preseason games. You'll see more of Daniel Jones. Yes, Look, we we knew the 17 game was coming. Um, I think the fact that they're still playing the same amount of games, uh, I think for the younger players, they're going to be all for it. For the older players, they're going to whine and complain. What percentage of NFL players play in all 16 games? Yeah. So, don't know. I'm indifferent. It's going to be weird, though, because... All the records are going to be different now. It's not going to be 10 Yeah, no, you're going to look at it and go... They said, they said the same thing when, when it went from 14 to 16. Yeah, but that was yeah, an even number. This is an odd number now. It's, it's, yeah, it's, it's you're gonna be you know you're gonna be looking at it. seven or nine. Yeah, and nine eight. and eight or can eight and nine get you're never gonna have, you're never gonna you know? you never nobody's ever gonna end the season five hundred. Well, that's good. That so, really friggin' matters. So, but, so the entire NFC East will be one game under five hundred instead of five hundred. <laughs> It'll make right. it easier to say you don't exactly. belong in the playoffs. Exactly. Right, yeah. <laughs> well, well so no, the, uh, because they'll have the same number of wins. Right. Yeah. Right. <laughs> like, well, they still got eight wins. Yeah. It'll make the ties more interesting. 
Well, get this. You know, the, the Lions and the, are going to have a tie. Like the right. Lions and Vikings always have a tie every year. It seems. <laughs> the uh, the uh, Giants uh, got for their extra game. They uh, they got the uh, NFC East is playing the AFC East for that extra. I game. I thought maybe they were going to get like Brigham Young or something. No, they they got yeah Hoboken. No, uh, Giants Alabama. have. Uh, uh, the no, they'll lose Alabama. They'll lose. I know that's why it's um, bad. The Dolphins to play the Dolphins. Uh, for their extra game. The Jets are playing the Eagles for their extra game. Uh, Great. And the Packers are playing the Chiefs for their extra game. Are we really going to call it the extra game? The, come on. Well, no, they're extra game, of years, they're yes. extra game over the over the over the what they already put out the season uh, schedule. Look, today, I so. hated the bye week. I hated. I, I don't really. I just. I, I given up on trying. Who cares? Right. They're gonna. They're gonna do. They're not gonna listen to me anyway. I don't think you need a fucking bye week. I don't think you need 17 games. Yeah. Um, Roger Goodell says he expects the stadiums to be full this year. I think he's uh, on the ball on that one. Full of some people, maybe. <laughs> yeah. Uh, here's here's the thing. I don't think, At I think some the point. thing that might stop that from happening is the people themselves mm-hmm. who might say, I'm not going to a stadium full of 80,000 people. Right. And I don't know if you're going to get 80,000 diehards who are going to well i don't know who are going to cough up the money for the tickets no literally no, no pun intended up, yeah they they will. Will. No pun you will you will i don't i don't know Absolutely. i i tend to i tend to think you're right yeah but uh look, look we're talking about sports here okay most yeah, nfl fans know, but, but the nfl, most NFL fans the... most most nfl fans do not fall into a category of logic and caution not at all yeah, they will. It will be packed, and they'll pay the money. And yeah, well, I can and see that. I don't think every state. I hope they have. There's, there's not. There's some, there's some places might be a little different than others, but I'll tell you one thing: Carolina and Tampa Bay and uh, Kansas City and uh, they, Dallas, they'll be packed. Yep, they'll be packed. Well, I'll say this: if these uh, states keep opening up. And we get some of these variants, and all we need is one or maybe two variants that aren't uh, quite so um, uh, that you don't get protection from the, the current Suppressing vaccines the from. Vaccine, yeah. yeah then, then we're going to see a shutdown, and then you're not going to have anybody in the stands again. Look, this the, year. I'll tell you one. Of my, I don't know if you guys have been vaccinated yet or not. I, I, I'm, I, I'm on one list. I don't know where I'm at. On another list, I don't know where I'm at. And I'm forty-eight thousand. I'm number forty-eight thousand six hundred and twelve in line on on for my primary medical provider. It's get the fucking vaccines out, get them out, and start sticking people in the arm. Well, they it's are. Just, they're they're, they're but doing it's taking like it's taking forever. And now here in now here in Colorado, they're going to open it up to everybody. So now it's just like okay. We went from sixty-five and older to fifty and older. Now everybody. So it's just it's going to take forever. It's going to take forever. Wait until you get everybody that's 50 and older that wants to take it, and then you can open it up to everybody else. Uh, right. Is what you're saying, yeah. Right. So, oh, I hear you. I hear you. But, uh, well, let me, ask you, uh, let me ask you this one other NFL question. Uh, pro Day. Good, good or bad? You like Pro Day? You think that's uh, a good thing? Remember there used to be one? Now, why is everybody having like three or four well, they Pro have Days? Their own. They have their own. Private yeah. workouts. Private workouts, yeah. What do you think of pro days, though? You think they're worth it? You think they mean anything? You think they're 
You know, no. should should sway, sway people's minds of what they saw last season to, uh, oh, you know what, maybe he is better than I thought just based on this pro day uh, workout. See, if you ask most NFL people, uh-huh. especially this year, right. where there's some tough decisions to be made at a very skilled position, right. then yes, the pro day helps. I agree to a point, but here's my thing. How can you judge a quarterback, per se, um, that is that – is standing there in gym shorts and a t-shirt and not getting rushed and just throwing a pass to a wide open receiver. How, how do you judge? Well, it's not just that. I think it's also, how do they respond to certain situations? And it gives the, it gives them a chance to actually talk to these guys and see them in, in a situation where they're face to face. And that's a little bit of the differentiator. That, that, that's that's the only thing that I think is good about it. Plus all of the any, other workouts, you know, the four, run in the forties and blah, 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 and all that other stuff. That's fine. I, I, I get that for, for some of the, uh, from some of the positions, but um, there's that, there's that good old quote that Lou Holtz uh, said, if I could evaluate players in shorts and t-shirts, I'd be a basketball coach. Uh so. Yeah, I, I think Lou Holtz is kind of an asshole. Yeah, he is <laughs> fucking for, racist, for, racist for, conservative prick. For me, if you're looking at maybe arm Total strength, <laughs> if you're looking at maybe arm strength and uh, maybe footwork, that's about all you're really going to learn from a pro day. Remember yeah. a couple of years ago, uh, was it Manzel who? Oh no, it was uh, did it with his pads on. Yeah, or was that um, was it Manzel? I hope no, he did no. it with his pants on. <laughs> his pants, he did it with his pants. I mean, that, uh, you better really be uh, impressive if you're going to win him over with your pants off. <laughs> Who's the? Uh, yeah, I think it was. Uh, I think it was him. I could pivot on my third leg. <laughs> or who's the Cleveland his, quarterback? Did it with yeah. his pants on, uh, Johnny Manziel. No, the current one. Oh, the current one. Uh, yeah, um, the guy who lives in the stadium. <laughs> Johnny Manziel. Johnny Mansell lives in the stadium. No, no, yeah. the current yeah. Browns quarterback. No. Uh, yes, I know. Who you're oh, uh, Baker Mayfield. No, Mayfield. 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 No, I yeah. thought it was Manziel who did it in his pads. So he would look Manziel bigger. did it in his pads. Yes. Yeah, he, so he pads. would look bigger. I don't think it. I don't think it. Again, yeah, maybe the face to face is going to give him. There's not very much you're going to learn from a pro. Day. Well, Doug Flutie did it in stilettos, and boy, it's helped him get over throw over those defensive. Doug Flutie line, did yeah. it in pads, and they, they didn't think he was wearing any pads. But uh, yeah. <laughs> I don't know. It, I, I'm, I'm, I can't wait for the draft to be over because I am so s- sick and tired of just listening to thousands of men pontificate about who's drafting who in the NFL draft. Yep. It's so I can't, tedious. I, I can't turn to the NFL network anymore. And just the only thing on the bottom is crawl is everybody and their mother. I think our, I think one of our uh, uh, draft uh, uh, choices was scrolling across the bottom at one point. Yeah, I, everybody, everybody in the do, country has their own draft, and it's going. Maybe our the, uh, our last show before the draft, we should do a mock draft. I think let's do a mock draft. We'll have it we'll have going across the bottom the whole entire show, no matter no, what. No, no, no. I, I, think we, I think we should just do one. Maybe do the first round or okay. the top, maybe twenty picks. We just do, to we, see if we can we do that. If we're going to do if we're going to do twenty, we can do thirty-two. So if we can what, do what, a better job than these, you know, these pun, these professional puns. Are we going to we going to agree on it our, our, ourselves to, uh, with each of us, or are we going to do our own? I don't know. <laughs> I'll just go ahead with whatever you guys say. Well, <laughs> I, let me ask you guys a question, okay? Because the big the big news of the week after we finished last week was obviously the San Francisco trading up for that third pick. Right. Is there? Any chance that there's more movement there? I mean, are the Jets really picking second? 
Are or are they go? Are, are they potentially going to trade that that pick? I, it, look, you know what? I'm we we've said this before. They'd be stupid not to trade back if, if they're going to stick with if Darnold. they're going to stick with Darnold. But now let's talk about Darnold coming to the Broncos. I mean, everybody's been coming to the Broncos. Uh, why the Broncos would want Darnold, I don't know, but that's how dire they are for a quarterback. I think they're just biding their time and and playing all of their bases correctly. I, I don't I don't think they're you know I I think they know a pretty much what they want to do, uh, but they don't want to tip their hand so to speak. Uh, in yeah, well, the uh, market know. for Darnold is shrinking. I, I think Mac so, I think Mac Jones's value is going up. I still think that um, what's his, uh, Wilson second. Obviously, Trevor Lawrence is going to be first, but I think. Well, now there's more. Now there's a little bit more chirping about Fields in the last year or two. Fields, but also um, from the guy from Alabama. Uh, I just said his name, and now I can't remember it because I'm old. Yeah, so we could have for the first time. Isn't every quarterback from Alabama named Mac Jones? Yeah, we could we could have five quarterbacks go in the top five picks. That would yeah. be interesting. That would certainly be interesting. Yeah. Um, yeah. You know what? I I don't know. I I think. Well, you said Darnold's. You know, draft, as draft capital, or whatever his window is slipping away. Did, was there a window though? Was there was there interest? I mean, were there teams knocking down the door of? Uh, I don't know if anybody Douglas? was knocking no, down the, the, the door, late, but the, late, the simple the fact. The simple fact that teams have filled their needs at that position means that he, as a possibility, is now erased for those teams. And what other people are saying is that the highest bid they've gotten for Sam Darnold is a third or fourth round pick. Right. And that that could be the other thing, too. We don't know how how many phone calls Joe Douglas is making, and he wants more for Sam Darnold than a third round pick. Look, at some point... A team has to say, okay, we made a mistake. And then even that player has to admit, like Mitchell Dravinsky had an opportunity to come here to Denver and compete for the starting job against Drew Locke. But instead he, he said, I'm going, I'm going to go someplace where I know I'm going to be a backup because I need to learn in a system that's going to groom me to be a better quarterback. Right. So he's going to go to Buffalo and be Josh Allen's backup. That takes a lot for a guy who was a top pick and a starter to, to admit that. Okay, but him and the Bears were able to admit that mutually, you know, separately. Who knows? You're right. This is where I'm at with Darnold. I, I think the Jets would be stupid to not take Zach Wilson with that second pick. I think they. I, I think they're gonna. I think they're. I think you're right, and I think they're gonna. I think it's. I, I think it's a foregone conclusion. I think Joe Douglas just wants a little bit more for him, and maybe maybe he also maybe he doesn't want to. Throw. Maybe he doesn't go anywhere. Maybe he doesn't go anywhere. That's my point. Maybe, yeah, he, I, maybe he doesn't want to put Zach Wilson in in the beginning of the season. Maybe he wants to do it. If you're not going to get, if you're not going to get that much for Sam Darnold, you're not, or, right? or yeah, you're going to get a third or fourth. Why not? Ju- and you're going to draft whoever it is. Number right. two, Hold on to him make, for the next two years. Then you're going to say, okay, well, you get, now it's an open competition. Wink, wink. We know Darnold's going to be the backup. But why they not? might. They, they might, might say Darnold the first year not. Maybe because Darnold they, is right because right. they don't want to have the Joe Burrow effect, and maybe he also competes. Yeah, the, exactly. And they don't they don't throw Zach Wilson to the to the Wolves in the first year. They put Sam Darnold in there. They know or they're confident in the fact that Sam Darnold is going to do a little bit better this year than he did the, the year previous. And then if they want to trade him at that point, they're going to get more than a third round pick for him. Right. Yeah. yeah but I mean, he would just be a place filler. 
course he would. You know, you, yeah, in other of words, course. you're not going to have, let's say, Zach Wilson sit behind him for a whole year. Sam right. Darnold is not the guy you want, Zach. Well, you don't have to, they don't have to wait until after the season to so trade him either. Patrick Mahomes sit behind Alex Smith for a year. They don't have yeah, to wait until after the season yeah, to trade him either. Sam Darnold yeah. is not the guy that you really want. No, it has nothing to do. It has nothing. It has. It has nothing to do with Sam Darnold teaching Zach Wilson anything. It has everything to do with Sam Darnold being in there and allowing. Wilson to, to be in an NFL system for a year to work with the staff, to work with the quarterbacks coach, to get the reps in and maybe get in a few games so that he's not put in a situation where, yeah, you know, but one after- of his, one of the best sources of information in that situation for Zach Wilson is it's going to be the starting quarterback. Although again, Donald may not be the guy that you want teaching him. Uh, you know what? Is it going to be, or is it going to be Michael LaFleur? But name a guy, name but a time. But for half a season, name have, a top, name a top NFL quarterback right now, who's who's out of the top ten quarterbacks in the league, who came in their first year and played from the very from the very first game of their NFL career started and is still playing at a high level. There wasn't there there isn't anybody. Yeah. No. So there's something Patrick to be Holmes said about sat that. Behind Alex Smith, uh, right? Uh, Aaron Rodgers sat behind Brett Favre. Josh, Josh Allen, right. you know, Josh Allen sat right. behind uh, Fitz. Uh, Fitz, yeah. Uh, right. But my point is, there, there's, there's Rod, a difference right? in what right. what those young players are going to get sitting behind Brett Favre. Right. But was is Tyrod? Wait, hold on, hold on. Wasn't Tyrod Taylor just as big of a first round pick as Sam Darnold? Yeah. Yeah, he was. Yeah, yeah he was. So, and even 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 go this year, uh, 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 Justin Herbert, he right. didn't start right at the beginning of the season. He sat behind. Oh yeah, Tyrod Taylor. So. Yeah. Tyrod Taylor's a good. <laughs> Actually, didn't good. Tyrod Taylor just? He's a good opening act. Went somewhere else, right? He just he just probably. Got yeah, a uh, former coach who wanted him. He said, right. "Bring him over here." Yep. Look, it's clear that the top four or five, that most valuable players in this draft are all quarterbacks. Yeah. So if you're the number two pick, it's kind of hard to say I'm going to take an offensive tackle who hasn't played in a year because I want to protect my quarterback who nobody's in love with. Right. I don't know. That's me. Uh, yeah. I, I, but I then kind again, of, uh, you know. Look, if the deal is right from Denver or anywhere else, I think Joe Douglas jumps on it and gets rid of and gets rid, moves Darnold off. But don't send and, Darnold here. I don't want to look oh, at that. Wherever. <laughs> I'm just, I'm just, uh, you brought it up, so I'm making a point. Uh, I mean, is that even? I mean, Drew Locke. We'll have Sam to add a Darnold. new feature to the. We'll have to add I mean, a new feature to the show. The only two quarterbacks battling Daniel Jones for the worst starting quarterback in the, <laughs> the NFL. Bradford, the Bradford Daniel report. <laughs> the Bradford Daniel report. Bradford Daniel. God. Oh, yeah. But I mean, then again, look, you might look, you might have a. You might have a coach in, in Rob Sala who thinks Darnold's the guy, you know, who says, look, there was no way he was going to be successful in the situation he was in with the coaching staff and everything that was going on. But I think he's got potential. I think he and – and, and don't use your second pick on another quarterback because I think Sam Darnold's the guy. Okay, now, is Joe Douglas going to say to the coach he just hired, uh-uh, we're bringing in somebody else because – I think right. we need to, or is he going to listen to He's his He's going to listen to Rob Sala, yeah. No, here, I don't know, know if Rob Sala is saying If that, it wasn't but. for the fact of this particular quarterback class, I think you stay with Sam Darnold yeah. because he was yeah, not going to succeed. He was not going to succeed with Adam Gaze. It just it was well, not going to Well, then you have to happen. go after a, 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 a LeVar Chase or 
you know, one of these other receivers, I think. I, I don't yeah, know. You could I, drop I, back to six and do that, though. You could, you don't have to get that at. Uh... No, that's what I'm saying. Is uh, that's uh, that's why I'm saying if if the Jets were going to take Penny Sewell, and that's who they want, then they should get something for those four spots ahead of them. Right, right. right. You know, I, I agree with that. I agree with that. Um, let me bring up one other thing, or, or you got other stuff, John? No, no, I'm done. I, I just I wanted to. I don't want to dwell on this too much, but. Uh, I don't know if you guys heard. Apparently, there's a group of masseuse. I don't know what 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 is the plural of masseuse. Masseuse. Uh, I, I think, think it's, it's just masseuse. It's just masseuses. eighteen masseuses. Twenty-one now. Twenty-one. No, uh, who have come out in support of? Love. Oh, um, what's his name? Deshaun so Watson. They- so they, they like they, they like rubbing his cock. Well, no, they have said uh, we have given him <laughs> massages, and he has never been anything but how many fucking massage therapists? That's is this guy the question has. I was getting to. We're talking Holy about shit. forty people here, forty different people. Well, you know, let's hope it wasn't in one weekend. You know, some of, just... the, some of them were obviously better looking than others. Apparently, but but, uh... but I'm thinking even if this is. Like this doesn't help him, right? No. Like, even though there's nearly twenty, and there. By the way, all of them are women. There's not a single man on either side of this equation. Well, of course. So, well, but still, um, this is which kind of you know. In other words, this now there's forty different masusai. Yeah. That it doesn't help him, there's even though still, half of them are roughly still... half of them. Had said no, I, he never wanted me to touch his penis or anything right. like that. Th- this doesn't really do anything for him. There's still not, and I'm not, I'm not going to sit here and have somebody bash me for saying what I'm going to say, because who the hell knows what happened? You no know? one's listening. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we'll, we'll send it. We'll send it to Michael Rappaport. We'll send Don't it worry. to Michael Rappaport. <laughs> absolutely. Um, my my point is, there's still not one criminal charge filed. Not yet. Not yet. Not yet. Not yet. But don't you think by now there would have been or no. should have been? And I'm not, I'm, not, I'm, not condone, I'm not condoning this. He, he could be a scumbag. He could be. Well, he is. He's a scumbag. You know. But he's also a really good quarterback and a privileged NFL player. Mm-hmm. And I, I think this is going to continue to escalate. And I think he's going to be out of the NFL this upcoming year. Done. Out for a year or done? I think he's out for, for at least a year while they review Right. This, I think the I think the NFL yeah, will I mean, do an, will that will do an internal investigation, and I think at least a couple of these will 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 be brought to, to a criminal scenario. All right. Okay, fair enough, fair enough. Yeah, if I mean if, if 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 what they're saying is true, that should happen. Absolutely, should happen. But, well, the NFL is uh, they're but, officially investigating now, right? Right, but it's going to take more than it's, it's going to take, take more than a couple months, time to, yeah. and that may be. You know the 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 police, law enforcement, maybe you know, sort of. Hey, we can we're doing an investigation, but we can sit back. You know, we're not going to press forward looking for criminal True. charges. We'll kind of let True. the NFL do what they do because, I mean, ultimately, unless there's cameras, it's a he said she said. It's a he said she said. Right? And maybe law enforcement would rather hey let the NFL deal with it because right. they don't you know they can punish him even if it's not proven he did anything. Right, exactly. Right, they can exactly. do whatever the hell they want. There's no legal burden of proof for the NFL nope. to come down on. No, so. yeah. 
the uh the, to your point though uh pete the, uh, uh, you yeah, know. I, it does not it does not help him at all it, it does, doesn't uh, help those other 18 yeah. hey those no, 21 that said I, I i flashed him and tried to you know jingle my way over to get him to touch me well i got 20 over here who said i didn't that doesn't help you <laughs> no, i see your 21 and i'll raise you another 20 yeah so. 40 different people just, giving him a massage how many massages do you mean, need yeah. Uh, yeah, and these exactly. are obviously not getting ready for a game massages. These are, yeah, these are massages. Yeah, well, you know, they weren't what apparently they weren't what he wanted, but right, I think yeah. that was his intention in getting them. Uh, yeah. It wasn't, gosh, well, my quad is sore, and and yeah, I, need, I need to be ready for Sunday. Run. It was. Right. He was looking for the maybe, maybe, what, maybe he what, said what his quad is sore. He needs it rubbed out, and they misunderstood him. And maybe, then, yeah. or maybe he doesn't know what a quad is. He thinks it's <laughs> he like, doesn't know. That's you know, not that's not your quad, Deshaun. You know, it would be really good. For, you know, it'd be really good for business if you were a masseuse, being one of the eighteen to come out and said, "I don't mind this behavior." Yeah. <laughs> well, that's I not they what said. <laughs> I don't mind this behavior. They said he did, he was nothing but a gentleman. Okay, so yeah, they, they uh, said he didn't do that to me. He did that to me. <laughs> now I, I'm going to get. They didn't elaborate to the fact that. Never mind. But, yeah, you, no. You, yeah, no, no. Okay, anyway, it's just it's bizarre. It's, it's very, very, very freaking bizarre. Anyway, all right. Uh, that's enough of uh, NFL. For that's enough today. masseuse talk. That's enough masseuse talk for the day. Um, uh, yeah, Rangers. Uh, no, and, uh, <laughs> no hockey. No fucking hockey. Uh, I didn't even try to slide. That I just back. want to give kudos to the Rangers because the other oh, night they were God. down to the Capitals. Uh, owed it. They were down by two, uh, not, two, two nothing uh, they, uh, to the Capitals, and they scored five unanswered goals, four of them in the third, and they won five to two. So I thought it was right. a good the, game. So. The Rangers, five of the Rangers gave Deshaun Watson a massage, and there was no issues. Uh, not, none whatsoever. <laughs> none whatsoever. Anyway. Did that right. Panera guy get his family out of Russia yet? Uh, are Tommy Panarin? <laughs> Uh, yeah, is he on Panera Bread? He's not going to talk about it until after the season. He said that two weeks ago. Uh, or oh, so. okay. He, uh, All he right. Said he's things are you know he, 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 I hope he had to do. Okay. He'll bring it up after the season. That's what he said. So I find but, his uh, name more amusing than that. Artemi Panera. His name is Tammy Panera. Artemi. Panarin. 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 Is that what Panarin? I think he should name his name to Tammy Panera. Panera. <laughs> Panera is a great last Artemi name. Panera. There you go. And he could, then he could be their spokesperson. Yeah, or Tammy Panera. I'm Tammy Panera. Uh, yeah. Does he have an accent? Uh, He's yeah. from Russia, right? He's from Russia, yeah. yeah. When I'm not scoring goals, I am scoring with Panera black bean soup. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> it's vegan. It's That's vegan. Right. It's vegan. The new Borscht Belt special. <laughs> there you go. New turkey borscht sandwich, a banana fresh baked ciabatta. Turkey, turkey borscht sandwich. In Russia, massage whores shut their mouth. <laughs> oh, jeez. Oh, wow. Okay. What's next? <laughs> what are, well, you are want, we going to ruin next? talk about NCAA. NCAA. Uh, yeah. uh, you want to talk to men or the women first? I want to talk about how many bad calls there are. That are There's directly affecting games. Something's got to be wow. about this. Pete is becoming John. No, no. I mean, <laughs> there's, there's not in football. Just in there's three just or four. Just, the most recent, of course, was uh, 
Baylor and uh, UConn on the women's Baylor side. And UConn I mean, on the women's, yeah. How, do, the women's, you, how yeah. do you not? That was yeah. at a non-call. That was how a how do you get that wrong? How there should have been three fouls called on that. On that I, one play. Uh, my whole thing is let them play that way the whole t- time. I, I, that should just be the rule for the uh, every basketball. Just let them play. I, and you I, know what? I, back, I, back I, in I the agree day, with, you. with three seconds left in the game, you wouldn't call that, and they didn't. But they should have. You can't. You can't club some. I mean, you know. I, mm. I, I agree with you. Yes, if you're gonna, you know, let them play. Let them be a little bit more physical. If you're gonna let them play. You gotta that. let them play the whole game. But you when can't, you got you two players all over the arm and the, their the girl's head and everything, you you know, you have to call some things. You can't say no. There's it? less than five seconds. Anything goes, right. even if you get mauled. And that was just. Yeah, was, I get it. You know, I get it. Yeah, it's it, and it's it's too bad. But on, here's uh, my other. On another note, for the women, uh, you have yes. something on the women or the men? Uh, no, go ahead. I think we're probably going to about it was the women. I think we're going to say the same thing. Uh, I was just going to say page. No, just on Paige Beckers. Uh, she uh, got uh, uh, nominated or not nominated. She was uh, 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 elected, if you will, co freshman of the year. Uh, with Iowa's Caitlin Clark uh, oh. for uh, by the Women's uh, Basketball Coaches Association. Uh, she averaged 20 points, five rebounds, and, and six assists a game. Uh, so there you go. Kudos to her. Right. The, the, all four of these teams that are left in the women's side are mm. really good teams. They're really good. And yes, two, yeah. of, two of the teams that got bounced out are really good teams. Yeah. This has been right. a good good year for women's for the women's yeah. NCAA. Yeah. You know, there, there's, no, there's no guarantee UConn's going to get past Arizona. And I'll tell you, Stanford looks good. Yeah, yeah, don't bet against UConn. Though. They got the no. refs on their side, I guess. Here's what I wanted to ask about. Um, <laughs> I knew it. I knew it was going to come to that. I knew it was going <laughs> to. Oh, yeah. yeah. About uh, Kim Mulkey, who is the uh, the Baylor coach. Yep. Yes. Who yeah. was saying, oh, let's enough with this COVID testing. Let's just let everybody play. Is she drunk? And or is she running for I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. I, she was upset, but. Um, you know, her the point she was trying to make is if you know one of these teams gets COVID, just let it gets fly. COVID and and they don't get a chance to play, it's a real shame. And I don't think anyone disagrees with that. No. But my real question is, should she should we just look at this and go, well, that's a really stupid thing to say, or should she like really be excoriated and perhaps punished in some way? Which I don't think she should. I mean, what she said was really dumb. I think or, you know putting the tournament ahead of potentially people's lives, but I'm sure I don't know if she should I'm be sure buried. I'm sure she'll run for Congress at any point now. She, she might, but I don't think she should be buried for it. No, no. Um, yeah, yeah, look, there's there's probably a lot of people who agree with her. Well, I, I agree with her sentiment that it would absolutely suck. Eggs well, everybody agrees. Every, every, I mean, 99.9% of all humanity agrees with her sentiment. Her right. solution, so, what I'm saying is her solution to it, unfortunately, there's a, there's more people yeah. than you would imagine that agree with her. Right. And right. Right. she's, you know, she's a college team from Texas. Oh, man. Well, there goes. Well, our... we're, 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 there's no regulations, with the exception of the city of Austin. Yeah, no, no. So you know, it's it, look it's, and it's, it's, it's pervasive. Yeah, right. And if you're right, if you're you know from there and you're listening to government officials there or in Florida, right? You got uh, Ron DeSantis going. Look, it. We've never done any of these shutdowns, and everything's fine. So that's right. That's what you're going to believe. So you'd be like, yeah, screw this. 
COVID stuff. Like she was just saying, stop testing. Let's just stop with the testing. Much, so we, don't, we don't want to know if half our team has COVID and we're going to give it to the entire other team and then everyone that, you know, maybe that they – she's like, just enough with that because we don't we don't want to test because we don't want to know and we don't want anybody to be, you know, blocked out of having their opportunity. Yeah. So Smart. I, I, hopefully they'll just kind of go – Shut up! Stop saying Shut that. That's, that's exactly. And that'll be the end. And for that you reason, think that's going to go anywhere. Seriously. And, and for that no. reason, I'm not complaining too much about the call or non-call. <laughs> right there, you go. <laughs> yeah. No, it's just there. It, the reason I brought it up is there have been three or four really egregious calls, all late in games that have had a direct effect there, on there on been. games. And having said that, how about UCLA? Huh. UCLA's looking good. I mean, USC and UCLA both got hot towards the end there. And what is what was UCLA in eleventh or tenth seed? Number eleven. Eleven yeah. seed. Yeah. You got two number ones, a two, and an eleven. Mm-hmm. And UCLA had a play-in game. They did against they Michigan State. Seventeen championships between those two teams, and they had to have a play-in game. And UCLA is final four now. Awesome. I think it's great. You guys, so, you guys think Gonzaga can 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 beat him? I do. Yes, absolutely. I do. <laughs> uh, How about Baylor Houston? I think Baylor wins. I think it's I think it's Gonzaga and Baylor. I mean, it's I know it's going out on a big limb there, <laughs> but uh, yeah, I'm just I'm not the two le- number one seeds. The number one seeds left. Yeah. I mean, what Houston look? Houston has a better shot of beating Baylor than UCLA has. I think Houston's Baylor. run. With the exception of Oregon State, who was, well, may, maybe with a minor, a slightly lesser exception to Syracuse. I think Oregon State was a 12 and Syracuse was an 11. And I think they were both misrated. They were um, both misrated, yeah. But, you know, Houston over Rutgers, I don't think who, was Who's Gonzaga really played this year? Uh, everybody. Well, you mean during the regular season? Yeah. Everybody. Everybody. They've beaten everybody. They haven't. They haven't lost. Uh, they had a lot of games oh, against the big teams like Iowa and all that early in the season. Yeah. yeah, they had a lot of those big games early in the season, and then later in the season, they people were saying, "Well, they haven't been tested in you know two months." So they I beat think... Santa Clara, St. Mary, San Francisco, San Diego, Portland. I don't know. I would love to see UCLA beat them. God, I I, you know, I wouldn't mind. I, I, I probably. I mean, amongst the four laps, I think. I'm kind of rooting for UCLA, but I'm also rooting for the opportunity to see Gonzaga a team go undefeated and win the tournament in yeah. my lifetime. Yeah. Last team to do it was UCLA, right? Or uh, no, it was uh, Indiana. Indiana, yeah. In 75. UCLA did it twice. No, they did it like four times. Four times. Yeah. I think there's, what, seven teams that have done it all together. Yeah. Four of them. <laughs> Four of them are UCLA. I think that's four, four, seven got, teams and four of them are UCLA. Indiana, four UCLA's. Was Indiana the team with, with uh, Isaiah? No. No, it was, that was, um, before, it was before Isaiah. Yeah, this was 1975. 75, okay. Yeah. And then I forget who the other team is. NC State or something like that. Or Cincinnati, I don't know. I think Cincinnati. But there are a number of teams that have gone undefeated in the regular season but didn't win the tournament. Didn't win the tournament, yeah. But only seven others that have gone all the way. So I kind of want to see that. I like to see you know things like that that have never happened before. Yeah. Yeah, but I, I boy, you gotta I gotta be rooting for UCLA. 
You know, I'm, I'm right in there with you. I wouldn't mind seeing UCLA, seeing, seeing an 11 seed that at a play-in game win. Yeah. That would be, that would be awesome. Yeah. Um, but I also, on the other hand, want to see Gonzaga undefeated. You know, I want to see yeah. that. Yeah. And that guy you for uh, Gonzaga, what's his name? Timmy? Drew Timmy? Uh, yeah. Eric the Mullet? I don't know. Uh, he's uh, he, he needs to stop posturing when he scores baskets. I know he's a good player, but he's like giving the, you know, the making the muscle thing and pointing. I'm like, come on, man, stop it. Just, yeah, just stop, stop it. it. Just stop. Just stop. <laughs> 75, 76, Indiana, 32 and 0, 72, 73, 71, 72, 66, 67, 63, 64, UCLA, all 30 and 0. North Carolina went 32 and 0 and 56. And San Francisco in 55, went 29 and 0 in 1955. And for some reason, was was Will Chamberlain on that 19? I don't remember. But anyway, so. There you go. Indiana, 75, 76. Yeah. yeah. So, and of course, a lot of people are going, well, you know, this Gonzaga team doesn't really match up to those great teams, you know, which. I guess you could say that. I mean, I don't know. I don't know how you could really say that until you see guys don't play who goes to the NBA and yeah. you know. Yeah. But but yeah. also you're talking about a smaller NBA back in those. Yeah, days you're too, talking about so. an 18 year old group of 18 year olds versus you know a 21 year old Bill Walton or a 20 year old Lou Alcindor. Right. Right. Yeah. right. Um, but I mean, certainly if you if you do the same thing that they have done, just because it's the modern era, I don't. To me, that doesn't diminish it any, you, you know. But they were saying not only did they do this incredible thing, but they were also incredible teams. And Gonzaga is maybe not that incredible team, but well, I can kind of have to be an incredible team to do it, don't well, you? Well, I mean, there's teams that didn't win it that that would destroy Gonzaga, right? You know, the, I, there yeah, are teams right. that have won it that weren't undefeated. Because well, right, like look at look at. Uh, Look at UNLV, right? UNLV Johnson, or, or the Stacey Augman. But even uh, the teams Greg that won it. I mean, the, the, the Duke teams with Hurley and Leitner and right. Grant Hill. I mean, they're way better teams than, than, than these guys now. I mean, look at the, look at the, look at the teams, the Michigan State team with, with Magic Johnson, the Indiana team with Isaiah and or, uh, you know, uh, Indiana State with Larry. I mean, there's there's been better teams. Any of those Big East teams in the '80s with, with Ewing but, and Morning, but and we also Allen have, Iverson and, and all those right, guys. But, but my point is, we also have the the um, advantage of knowing what those players did afterwards in the NBA. Not necessarily, because look, I, some some of these guys like talking about like Bill Walton in in, in UCLA or Kareem. Kareem lost two games as a college player. He won three championships. Okay. Bill Walton was a way better college player than he ever was a pro player. He was an okay pro player. But so, and there's a lot of guys who were much, Christian Leitner was a much better college player than he yeah, ever was agreed, a pro agreed. player. But and my I, point is, we don't know what Gonzaga is going to do right. after, you know, so we don't have those players' pro careers to compare. Right. You know, and, and, there, and, I, don't, and I don't think that we should look at. I, I also think the quality of competition because these guys are around for one year. Yeah. The yeah. best players are around for one year. Yeah. Although so, it's, yeah. 
that's certainly more more uh more so in some places than others but absolutely but some of the you know again some of the best the players who are projected to be the best pro players aren't necessarily on great teams and aren't necessarily the best college basketball player right. yep you know carmelo anthony when he when syracuse won it was the best player in college basketball that year uh, by far and he's gone on to become a you know probably a hall of fame nba player but zion williamson was certainly the biggest prospect to come out of he did not have a great tournament and his team un- was woefully underproductive and yep. underperformed. He didn't have good sneakers either. No. <laughs> no. And had the blowouts. <laughs> well, just one, one, right? Yeah. Had one the, left, the left one was fine. The right one was bad. The right yeah. one was bad. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, I mean, you know, it's, there's a lot of times when it's, 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 you, you just don't know. And so, yeah, I mean, I, I enjoy it for that. I don't, I don't look at it as, Oh, because a lot of times in the college games, guys who you know are not going to become great NBA players can still be fantastic right, right. NCAA players. Yeah. Do we want to do we want to make any picks? Let's make picks. Yeah, who's uh, who's winning? Uh, who's winning both games and uh, and 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 then winning uh, winning the uh, championship? I, I think Gonzaga wins it all. So Gonzaga wins, and who are they playing? I'm going to pick UCLA just for the uh, just because I just why not? I I I don't I want Gonzaga to lose. I just yeah. don't, that kid with the mullet just drives me nuts. All right, uh, what you got, Pete? Who's who's uh, Pete? Who, who's Gonzaga beating? I think it's got to be Baylor. I think Baylor wins the championship this year. And uh, UCLA plays Baylor, and Baylor wins. In your mind. Yeah. All right. I think Gonzaga beats Baylor in the final. Which is probably the logical choice. I'm, yeah, I'm, I'm with Pete. Gonzaga wins it and by beating Baylor. That's that's mine. Um, what about the – where did – okay. On the women's side? <laughs> we, did, did we piss him off? <laughs> <laughs> we thought I we pissed know. you off. Oh, there he is. <laughs> it's like, what do you got off? against the women's tournaments? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, all right, yeah. So, what about the women? Uh, who's uh, who's winning and who they beaten? You know, I want to say Stanford, but you just it's hard to to just go against UConn. But I think that Stanford. T- I, I think the both these games are going to be great, and I, I think all four of these teams are. It's a toss up. I really do. I don't think it's as I don't think it's as as much of a shoe in as people are making it seem. No, it's it's definitely not. It's going to be a hard road for any four of these. I think I think UConn's going to have a hard time against South Carolina or Stanford. Yeah, um, I, I think UConn wins. So UConn is playing who? I think they're going to play Stanford. All right, uh, Pete. Oh man, it's a tough one. It's a tough one. Yeah, I, I don't think there's any way Arizona wins. No. Now, UConn's winning that game. Yeah, I don't, I don't see. Yeah, I don't see. South Carolina's a good team too, though. Yeah, they uh, are, but they're not as good as Stanford. Yeah, I think UConn over Stanford. Yeah, I'm. I'm the same. We're all three in agreement there. So there you go. All right, there right. we go. So those are our picks. So we'll uh, uh, we, uh, do the coin. No, I'm just kidding. do the coin. Why not? Right, yeah, why not? Do the freaking coin. Why the just, hell not? Just to piss uh, Harry off. <laughs> all right. So do first. Do it for uh, first. Do it for the men. Uh, Gonzaga, UCLA, Gonzaga's heads. Heads, Gonzaga. All right. And Baylor over Houston or Baylor and Houston, Baylor's heads. Tails. Houston. Houston. And 
Okay, Gonzaga over here. Gonzaga and Houston. Gonzaga's heads. Heads, Gonzaga. All right. The coin has spoken. Who was the guy from Gonzaga a few years back with the horrible mustache who uh, was the talk of the NCAA and then fought oh, uh, in the NBA? Adam, uh, yeah, Adam somebody? Adam Pornstash something. Adam, Adam, Adam Pornstash. Kennedy or something like that. Yeah, God. See, that's yeah, – no. this is – yeah, there you go. That's the yeah. NCAA. That's it. Do the, do the women. <laughs> okay. I mean, I mean, flip the coin to see who's going to win. Oh yeah, I'll do that. Too. <laughs> flip the coin for the tournament where people identify as female. There you go. Stanford and uh, South Carolina. Stanford's heads. Stanford is heads. Comes up heads. All right, Stanford and Connecticut, Arizona, Connecticut's heads. Tails. Arizona. Ooh. Arizona. All right, Stanford and Arizona. Stanford's heads. Heads. All right, so Stanford's beating Arizona, according to the coin. All right, a couple of interesting picks for the coin. We'll see how it go. plays out. All right. Well, I think the coin still did better than Terry Bradshaw. Definitely. <laughs> definitely. <laughs> Probably, in the, certainly in the NCAA tournament. Yeah. See, uh, not, not, to, uh, not to go back into football or anything, but did you see Terry Bradshaw on, uh, on uh, whatchamacallit? Yeah, I think it was Colin, Colin Coward. He's on Sanford and Son. No, Colin Coward. He was in on Sanford Son uh, this weekend. <laughs> Hee-haw. Uh, no, he said he said he can't stand Baker Mayfield because he's too showboaty. <sighs> Terry, I like Terry Bradshaw, and you know what? He usually has pretty good insight when it comes to quarterbacks. Yeah, he usually does. Yeah, he's usually spot on. He's a crazy old guy, but he's usually spot on. Yeah. I would think he'd know something about winning. You know? Yeah. He yeah. it. Did he like? Did he win a Super Bowl? I think he won. Um, I think he won four. Four of them. Yeah, wow, there you four. Go. yeah four. Four and he six. Was, he was a systems quarterback. He was a system quarterback. Yeah, it, it, I don't know. He's kind of hard to dislike, but I also kind of feel like his shtick is kind of. Well, you're a Cowboys fan. Getting old. Yeah, and then I'm a <laughs> no. Cowboys fan, so I hate yeah, him. Yeah. But when I when got, I remove that from the equation, you guys had the more boring version, the more this, the more co- college educated, uh, yeah, Ivy League version of Terry Bradshaw and Roger Staubach. Yeah, yeah, which who's also also a severely underrated quarterback. I mean, uh, hero uh, Roger Staubach. Yeah, I mean he's amazing. I love. I mean, look, those Cowboys. Steelers rivalries. I mean, God, Drew Hill and Roger Staubach. And they were great. Tantalizing. Sad. Oh, God. Tantalizing yeah, you for football season, but we're still five months away. So, yeah, And, it's, if, and it's, if, not if gonna back, it's not going to be Terry Bradshaw. But if you go back through, seriously, through NFL history, Steelers Cowboys is one of the biggest rivalries. One of the biggest rivalries, you know, nationwide. Yeah, oh, Giants, yeah. Bears, I mean, Bears, Packers. Yeah, you know, but yeah, Cowboys, Steelers. Division wise, uh, obviously Steelers, Cowboys are not, but but nation national audience, Steelers, Cowboys is huge. Yeah, talk about you know huge. right, talk about a polarizing yeah. you know games. Absolutely. So anyway, all right, should we wrap it up for today then? Oh, I thought we were into. I thought there was next week already. Uh, we were, we we're going to just start next week's show and get it over sure, with. Sure, why not? Sure. Just, just yeah. pretend we know what happens on everything. We'll talk about it, yeah. All right. Well, we'll wrap the show up for today. We want to thank everybody for watching. And for those of you just listening to the audio podcast, thanks for listening. Don't forget to visit our website, www.logroom.com. That's L-E-G-E-R-R-O-O-M.com. And please remember, like us and follow us on all of our social media. 
Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and our YouTube channel. All of them are at The Logger Room. Remember, we go live with the video podcast on both Facebook and YouTube every Wednesday night at 7.30. And for those of you that want to just listen to the audio podcast, you can do so on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, TuneIn, and Stitcher. And if you haven't done so already, please subscribe to one or more of those feeds and you'll never miss a show. Again, thanks for following along with us. Have a great weekend. Or rest of the week first. And a great weekend. Uh, enjoy opening day tomorrow and all that at entails. And, of course, the first weekend of baseball play. Enjoy the Final Four and the championship games and over your weekend. And have a wonderful time and enjoy, folks. We'll talk to you soon. Take care. Cheers. Oh, uh, happy Easter, everybody. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Happy, yeah, happy, was, happy Holy other, Thursday. Other things happy besides Good Friday. going on in the world. Yeah. Happy Easter. Uh, happy April Fool's Day tomorrow. Happy uh, belated Cesar Chavez Day. Happy belated Cesar Chavez Day. And uh, happy uh, belated National Pencil Day was yesterday. Mm-hmm. Too, so oh, I can't, yeah. that, so. can't believe I missed you that. Can't believe you missed that. So. Anyway, all right. Well, either way, enjoy, and we'll talk to you soon, folks. Take care. Cheers. Peace.